You're listening to The Nerd Table, part of the CKCC Radio Family of Podcasts. Find us wherever you get your favorite podcast. After one week off, we are back. Thank you, everyone, for your patience. The Nerd Table is back and ready to welcome you and sit down for The Nerd Table, episode number 37. In a row? In a row? That's right, guys. That's right. In a row. If you don't know what that reference is, don't worry. You're about to. Welcome to the Nerd Table. I am Chris O'Mealy, joined by my two podcasting co-hosts in crime. The first, Eric Flores. Eric, how are you? Pretty good, man. Pretty good. How are you? I'm feeling fantastic, and we'll talk about that. Also joining us is Dan Peck. Dan, how are you? Uh, try not to record any podcasts on the way to the parking lot. I do not tell me how to live my life, sir. I'll record all the podcasts I want. If you don't understand that reference, you will soon. And that reference, of course, is why we have our special guest today. From Real Paranormal Talk and Ranking Tracks, I, my old co-host from Disney, my friend, longtime friend, uh, sports rivalry master, because we both root for the opposite baseball team, and published author, books available on Amazon. Welcome back to the show, Jeff Trelowitz. I'm a firm believer in the philosophy of a ruling class, especially since I rule. <laughs> oh my God, we're just going to throw them all out there right off the bat. <laughs> I, I wonder what we're talking about today. One, I gotta do it. <laughs> all right, guys. Uh, 37 in a row is a reference from one of my all-time favorite movies, Clerks, which is a classic Kevin Smith movie from the Viewisk universe. And we're going to have a Kevin Smith discussion on today's show. So no time like the present. We were off last week, but and I do thank everybody again. So we'll talk about a little Kevin Smith along with Falcon and Winter Soldier and some other topics. But before we go anywhere, I'm going to do this right off the bat because I said I was going to do this on the last episode. Eric, I have a top 10 challenge for you for next week's episode. Oh, Jesus. You couldn't save it till the end. I'm going to forget. No, no. <laughs> I'll write it down. Don't worry. Eric, right, what, what like is your challenge? Know, what are your top 10 favorite songs from the Zelda franchise? Oh, OK. All right. I could do that. Number one, fuck a box, fuck a box. I want to fuck a box. I, 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 <laughs> I hate that song. No. Um, <laughs> uh, I'll ha- give me some time uh, and I'll have it ready for you next we week. We will give you exactly one week. One week. One week. I'm going to have, you know what? I'm only going to bring nine just because I'm a rebel. <laughs> you son of a bitch. <laughs> Badass. Why it's got to be that way. All right. So, Jeff, you are our resident Kevin Smith expert. Yes. So please tell us a little bit about the Viewisk universe. Way before Marvel and DC and anyone else connected movies that should not be connected, Kevin Smith did it first because he brought Jay and Silent Bob and they basically are in these series of movies that are, again, not necessarily connected other than having Jay and Silent Bob and other random characters in them. And it's basically, it's his 
little universe. It's Kevin Smith's universe of stoners and idiots and all-around awesome characters. The best thing is about Kevin Smith, just as a director in general, is he makes very relatable movies. Yeah, he, and he does not take himself seriously. It's it's amazing what, you know, when you listen to him talk about his movies and some of the behind-the-scenes stuff, and again, I've got a lot. I've, I've watched most of his documentaries about his movies, so I know a lot of the random stuff. Like, I don't know if a lot of people know... The reason why Randall has the best lines is he was going to be Randall at first. Well, that makes sense. You yep. always give yourself the best lines. Instead, he gave himself no lines. And that was the thing was he freaked out before filming started going, I'm not an actor. I'm supposed to be behind the camera. How am I supposed to do this all? I'll just do the do that does have no lines. Well, he does have a line. Well, yeah, he has one line. Yes. Or he does an entire monologue. In Chasing Amy, yes. In reboot, Uh, he does an entire monologue. Chasing Amy, he does an entire monologue. Yep, And and in Jane Silent Bob Strike Back. Yep. (laughs) One of my favorite lines in the whole movie. All right, so Kevin Smith is not just tied into the Viewsk universe, but let's talk about those movies first. Um, And let's start with Clerks. The original Clerks is one of my top favorite movies of all time because it is the story of the independent film that makes a guy's career. Yep. It's something I've always wanted to do is create an independent film. Yeah. And the fact that he actually worked at the convenience store while they were filming, that's the reason why they had to uh, shutter the windows because they were actually filming at night. Because the store was in operation during the day. Right, which is one of my favorite trivia pieces, is that everything was done overnight, so they came up with the brilliant way of having the shutter get stuck. So... Bunch of savages in this town. I love, like, one of my favorite things is, like, movie analysts are like, oh, the black and white was a choice, so it was, like, being viewed from the the security camera, and he's like, no, dude, we had no money! (laughs) <laughs> he had to max out all his credit cards, do everything. A color, a color camera cost three times as much. Clerks is, also the, Clerks is the only movie I think I've ever seen twice in one day. Because it was my friend Carmine, who at the time was working at a video store, was the one that introduced it to me. Because I went to go visit him at work. And he had it playing, and I was absolutely mesmerized by how raunchy the movie was. And then as soon as the movie was over, I'm like, yeah, I'm taking this home with me. Uh, One of my favorite pieces of trivia from Clerks is that in order to fund the film, Kevin Smith actually sold a large part of his comic book collection, and the profits of the movie allowed him to buy most of them back. Yep. So that's actually pretty cool. This film also inspired Jason Reitman. Yep. <laughs> you think his father would have done that, but no. <laughs> no, Kevin you know, Smith did it. <laughs> your dad made Ghostbusters when you were a kid. <laughs> yeah, he grew no, up. That Kev Smith. He grew up on Stripes and Ghostbusters, but nope, it was Clerks that did it. Yep. <laughs> That's one way. And now, and now he gets to work with Paul Rudd. <laughs> 
Uh, so here's Kevin Smith's clerk shooting schedule. He clocked in at 6 a.m., finished at 11 p.m., shot until 4 a.m., and then slept for two hours before going back to work. And then cleaning up the store to make it look like they weren't filming. Yep, 21 straight nights. That's uh, that's dedication right there. So that's I know good. there's the um, there's the scene where they have the fight with the food. <laughs> Yeah, um, Kevin was asleep against the freezer, and Scott did the entire scene. That's <laughs> one of my favorite, one of my favorite ones as well, because he was just he was doing that. He was working a double shift at the store, and then making the movie, and he just passed out one time when he leaned against the freezer. Uh, and you guys will appreciate this. So you know how. At Disney, you were only allowed to have a name tag with your name on it. You couldn't just make up a name or whatever. I wound up, because I absolutely love Randall as a character, I wound up getting a Randall name tag because I lied to the lady at the uh, at the counter because my middle name is Robert, but I told them that my middle name was actually Randall. And they're like, yeah, we can make a name tag for that. And I still have my Randall name tag. Nice awesome one of my favorite disney name tag stories is the time that eric lost his so he used my backup name tag and there were two chris's from vernon new jersey wandering around platforms that day and i was very nervous about that because the managers already screwed up our names they they <laughs> always got us confused always it they, didn't matter it was always you two right it was always us two and then i'm like I remember I went up to you, too, and I'm like, now, Eric, you can't fuck around today because of the name tag you're wearing. And you just started giggling. That's an open invitation for him. (laughs) I was nice. I didn't do anything terrible. I didn't get get in trouble, so I'm assuming that everything went down. Okay, but everything was Chris and Eric. They don't know which is Chris and which is Eric, but they know it's Chris and Eric. They they always got that was going to be my plan, too. I was going to be like, that's, not, that's I'm not the Chris you're looking for, damn it. They, they always got, you like, your you, in front of their face when you said, uh, you, me, and Paul, they always got us confused. And I remember one day, Paul was getting an award, but they gave it to me instead. And instead of me correcting them, I just accepted it. Like, thank you, thank you. And then Paul got up, like, that was me, damn it. <laughs> well... Hey, you guys always mix us up. I mean, maybe they, they mix the award up. You don't know. Yeah. You never know. I knew damn well it was for him, too. And I was just like, they said my name. I was like, fuck it. I'm taking it. <laughs> All right. So uh, re- referencing clerks, what are uh, we'll kind of we'll kind of go around the table here. Uh, we'll start with Jeff because he's the guest. What are some of your favorite moments from the movie that either either it's really funny or it just resonated with you? I'm going to my favorite moment is Randall on the phone to the distribution house listing off the porno names in front of the little child. Oh, my God. Yes, that is freaking hysterical. And he's so casual about it, too. (laughs) Fun fact, he refused to actually do that in front of the kid. The kid was not in the room when he actually lists them off because he didn't want to say anything bad so they only brought the kid in when he was actually talking to the mother i mean that's fair right (laughs) that's probably the best way to do that yeah there's anything else is gonna be offensive so 
Well, there have been there have been other trivia pieces in other movies in the past, too, that have had similar things, right? Where, like, we didn't want to do this in front of the kid or say this in front of this person, so there's a trick that was used to avoid. I mean, that's that's happened in other... Yep. Other forms well, there was, of was uh, um, Yeah, in... What's-his-face? Uh, the Shining. They kept that kid safe as fuck. Yep. He didn't even know he was doing a horror movie. That's ridiculous, but that's one way to do it. Yep. He only learned it was a horror movie after the movie was done. Meanwhile, Shelly Duvall is literally being tortured every second of every day. (laughs) I mean, well, (laughs) that's one way to teach a kid something, right? (laughs) All right. uh, Dan, what about you? What are some of your favorite moments from Clerks? Oh, man. Uh, I like the the stupid questions montage. <laughs> Do you have that one with the guy that was in that other movie? How much do these cost? Do 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 do. Uh, I mean, there's there's some things that you come up daily. Like if thirty seven ever comes up, you just say yeah. it. Yeah, or you just say it. Yeah, that's true. We've absolutely done that multiple times. That's a daily life thing. <laughs> didn't we also do? We did that with another one of our podcasts, didn't we? Didn't we do that with Wrestle Talk when we hit episode thirty-seven like six years ago? I mean, we, we made a ton of attempted it. We made a ton of Kevin Smith references because our other podcast co-host was a Kevin Smith guy too. So. Yeah, thirty-seven's a good one. Uh, the parking lot reference. So if people don't understand that joke. Uh, he discovers that his girlfriend has uh, performed fellatio on a certain number of guys and actually knows the number. Which I don't think any girl actually knows that number, personally. Yeah, that's a little bit... You know, the body count is one thing, but knowing how many she uh, went down on, like, a circus seal? (laughs) Yeah, not... Not sure about that one, but uh, but that is a thing that's apparently uh, apparently been discussed in this movie. They're bammer jammers. The bammer jammers. Bammer jammo. Um, my personal favorite thing about this movie is the uh, the Empire discussion. Or no, uh, Jedi Jedi discussion, where he uh, and about the contractors and subcontractors. And how the Death Star wasn't finished, and he's just so kind are, of are they are they innocent deaths or not? Yes. What about you, Eric? My favorite is um, it, it's also a Randall scene. Like Randall has like all the best fucking lines, <laughs> uh, in my opinion. Um, but he summed it up, and I've said it plenty of times. We're like, you know, this job would be great if it wasn't for the fucking customers. customers. Oh, I've used that line so many different. I've used that line every single job I've had. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes I've had to edit the line, but I've used that every single job I've ever had. I mean, wasn't that just it? Like Disney would have been the greatest job ever if it wasn't for the guests. Yep. Oh, amen. <laughs> and we've we've discussed that openly. So. I, I do have a uh, a small clerk story, but uh, this doesn't actually amount to anything. But one time when I was in 
England. When I was in England, yeah. When I was in Europe. Suck 37 dicks? We, uh, in a row? <laughs> we met these British girls who were trying to quote-unquote flirt with us. Of course, it wasn't going anywhere, but the guys in the group seemed to, seemed to think it was. And we're discussing the uh, what we do in school because we were in college at the time, and I had mentioned, oh, yeah, we are we do broadcasting school. I'm like, one of my things is I want to want to be a filmmaker. And she's like, oh, what kind of movies do you like? And I'm like, well, you know, uh, at the time, one of my more recent fandoms was Lord of the Rings. I'm like, well, I'm a big fan of the Lord of the Rings trilogies because they've got so much of a... I think that they're masterfully done with everything. And she she gave me, like, the, um, the stuck-up, like, ugh, you don't think that's too mainstream of an answer? And I'm like, all right, hipster, let's try this. You ever heard of a movie called Clerks? She's like, no. I'm like, well, watch it. It is the perfect film for someone in my position to feel inspired by. She's like, well, what's it about? I'm like, it's about people who go to work. And the bullshit that they deal with. And that's when I realized that, like, the mainstream answer wasn't good, good enough. But then the uh, the independent film answer wasn't good enough. And I'm like, this is a complete waste of my time. You pretentious British twat. And thus ended the conversation. Everybody else struck out, too, because these were pretentious people that we were dis- we were talking to. And they probably thought we were just a bunch of stupid ass Americans. I mean, they weren't wrong, but, you know. The context of why we were stupid Americans, where they were wrong. So to all the single guys out there. If you are ever trying to flirt with a British lady in the country of France about movies, uh, they don't know what Clerks is. So good luck. <laughs> Follow me for more dating advice. By the way, as I'm working on the website, I remembered a lot of our early episodes were all about do- giving people life advice. And nobody's done that in a really long time. So anybody listening to this episode, please email omiliepodcasts at gmail.com for some life advice for our next episode. And Eric will be more than happy to give it to you. Oh, yeah. You know, I would have I would have like that whole stuck up attitude. I would have just looked at them. I would have been like, well, that's because every American movie is a mainstream movie. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. I mean, I'm not wrong. You are yeah. correct. You are correct. All right. Um, so before we, we move on, uh, real quick, do we have a berserker? <laughs> Would you like to make some fuck berserker? Did he just say making fuck? That's uh, such a classic. So freaking classic. Um, I'm going to have to watch these again. The one thing and the deleted finale of the movie where he gets robbed and shot and killed. Yep, there's that too. I think one of the the things we need to discuss for every one of these movies is the Silent Bob line. Okay. So in this movie, of course, uh, one of the things is uh, one of the main focuses is Dante and his relationship, right? Yep. And his girlfriend actually brings him lasagna at work. And Silent Bob near the end makes a reference. He's like, you know, there's a million fine looking women in the world, dude, but they don't all bring you lasagna at work. Most of them just cheat on you. And Silent Silent Bob always got like the ultimate word of wisdom for the end of the movie. And I love that. 
I mean, if you're going to write the best lines for Randall, then. Uh, how about Randall's Randall's uh, customer when they're like, hey, uh, either one of these movies any good? Yeah, I don't watch movies. <laughs> <laughs> I don't appreciate I don't your ruse, man. Your ruse. Yeah. <laughs> what about these? You're attempt to trick me. What about these two? Oh, those suck. These are the same two movies. You weren't even paying attention. No, I, well, I wasn't. <laughs> I don't th- you think your manager would appreciate it. Well, I don't appreciate your ruse, ma'am. Your cunning attempt to trick me. <laughs> well, I'm not going to rent here anymore. You'll be missed. You know, I kind of miss Happy Blockbuster. Scrappy. <laughs> yeah. Happy Scrappy Hero Pup. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, I need one of the following tapes. Uh, Whispers in the wind to each his own. Put it where it doesn't belong. My pipes need cleaning. Oh, and uh, what was that called again? <laughs> How about the look of Randall when he's walking through Big Choice Video? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I need to borrow your car. I need to go to the video store. You work at a video store. Yeah, but I work at a shitty video store. <laughs> Ah, uh, yes. And then, of course, everyone's favorite line. I'm not even supposed to be here today. Please tell me you've used that line in everyday conversation, because I know I do. Yeah. Have you have you seen the video I made at the house set to the clerk's theme song? Yes, I've watched that several times. OK, just checking. I will put that link in the description here. Hell yeah, because I, I, I tried putting it in the interventions group page and I, it did not let me do it. I'm like, come on. It's not nice. But yeah, I I shot a remake or a basically a shot by shot remake of the opening of Clerks, but at the House of Interventions, down in black and white, set on my phone one day, and I just decided to have fun with it. Dude, you gotta you gotta do stuff like that. All right, so we're I, we don't have to do like a whole ranking thing because I think it would be fun to actually do a, a Chris ranks the universe with Kevin Smith movies. I'm but, in that. You, I'm not even gonna. Oh, you think I was going to do that and not invite you? Hold on a second. <laughs> Damn, I invited you on the nerd table to do this. Just because it was episode 37. In a row? Significant number in for nerds like us. Uh, so where does Clerks rank on your list of movies? Because like I've already mentioned, it's one of my top films, period. Uh, it's not one of my top film. It is my top film. It is the top yep. film. Yeah, that's high praise. It will always be my the only time the only movie that has been number one other than Clerks was the original Avengers. I think I was just caught up in the moment. But ever since I discovered Clerks, it's been my all time favorite movie. And I doubt it'll ever change. That's just it, right? Like if I'm talking about the Avengers movies, Infinity War and Endgame are fantastic movies. But like if I'm being honest with myself, the original is still the best. Yeah. Because it, it was the first of its kind and it did it took the chance and did all the things and tied everything well. together. It yep. did, it did it, it very well. well. Yeah, there you go. But yes, uh, and who who doesn't love a little Jay and Silent Bob trying to deal outside the store? Always a good time. Fifteen bucks, little man. Put that shit in my hand. That's a few so, moves away. I know, gotta, I, I know, okay. but it, it, it was there. It, the moment was there. We'll get there. Uh, all right. So let's move on to Mallrats again. Another super easy story to tell. 
It's been I mean, so long since I've seen Mallrats, but I do remember liking it. It's, it's really basic. Guy gets broken up with in the beginning of the movie. He works through the movie to get, get her back at the end. Yep. And goes through a bunch of shit. Yondu's in it. Yeah, I was going to say, speaking of Avengers and MCU. Wars, man. Yep. <laughs> so, real quick, let's go around the table once again and talk about our favorite moments from Mallrats. I'll do mine very quickly here, which is has always been something I've used in many conversations, and that is a schooner is a sailboat. <laughs> Stupid. Well, you know what? The Easter Bunny isn't real! We were doing uh, yesterday. We were. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. It's back on the escalator! Back on the escalator, yeah. Uh, Jeff Mallrats, favorite favorite scenes. I'm going to go with uh, the dating game show. Oh, the dating game show is so goddamn funny. So that, funny. that and Stanley. Stanley is mine. That's yeah. <laughs> Can we? Oh, true. You know, I've said this before because somebody somebody asked me this. They're like, all right, what is your all time favorite Stanley cameo? Thinking I was going to mention the Marvel films. And I said, Mallrats. Yeah. <laughs> Mallrats and Big Hero 6. Tell him, Steve Dave. Tell him, Steve Dave. Which is the funniest story because the, it was the guy that ran their local comic book store, but they couldn't remember if his name was ever Steve or Dave. Like, even when they were, like, teenagers, they didn't know if it was either Steve or Dave. I just went with Steve Dave. So they, called, they would refer to him as Steve Dave. <laughs> and the fact that he's just okay with that. <laughs> <laughs> Never once decided to correct them with what his real name is. Ten years later, they own a comic book store, and they are the Steve Dave. You are the ones who own the comic book store. <laughs> you know, so did you hear about uh, Shannon Doherty's contract clause? She got to keep everything her character wore, which yep. is why she's always changing clothes when she's shopping. You're yep. trying different <laughs> stuff on. Which is actually pretty brilliant, so. Also, one of my other favorite moments is when they call her Brenda. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dick. So they almost replaced Jay in this movie. Did you know yep. that? Yep, Seth Green. And also Breck and Meyer auditioned, but yep. in the end, they were all like, yeah. The, studi the yeah. studio was not comfortable with a stoner in a major motion picture they did not think he was going to be reliable or a good actor so they basically said if he screws up once he's off the picture this is the guy who literally tried hard to impress alan rickman in dogma <laughs> as well he should have <laughs> i also like that michael rooker couldn't actually dye his hair properly for the movie so he just shaved it yeah because the hair dye wasn't working and if we were doing these chronologically, Mallrats takes place one day before Clerks. Yep. Really? Because of the funeral scene. Yep. Oh. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, the, uh... Fly, fat ass, fly! Fly, fat ass, fly! Where do you get these wonderful toys? But yeah, the Stanley. All right, uh, Dan, favorite moments from Mallrats? 
We've been doing them already. I know. We kind of already covered them. Eric, you want to jump in? Um, mine was the, yeah, mine was Stan. The, the Stan Lee. That line is right. fucking brilliant. <laughs> I'm trying to find it right now, and I can't. So I have a, I have a mole rat story, because I have a, I, I've always got a freaking story about these movies. Um, we were on our senior class trip. We were driving down to Virginia Beach, so a lot of people brought movies for the bus. We watched a ton of different movies and, you know, it had to be that thing where it couldn't be like an R-rated movie or whatever. Well, Mallrats is not an R-rated movie. Nope. So we put it on and here comes the very first line in the movie. One time my cousin Walter got this cat stuck up his ass. True story. <laughs> and we just see the teachers in the front of the bus just turn and look back at us as everybody on the bus is laughing and just shake their heads and go with it. And then the uh, the glass elevator scene, they were jokingly trying to cover the cover the TVs on the bus, but that didn't exactly work out for them. But Hartford, the whale? <laughs> R.O.P. for the whale? Brody, how the hell am I supposed to get the gerbil out? My cousin was a weird guy. <laughs> well, did he come or what? Jesus Christ, man, there's some things you don't talk about in public. Right. He used to be the stand-up guy. What happened to him? The guy who punched Amanda Gross's mother after she called him low class? That wasn't me, that was you. Oh yeah, and it wasn't her mother, it was her grandmother. <laughs> no wonder the bitch went down so fast. <laughs> <laughs> Would you ever make Whoopi in public? I already did once today. <laughs> like the back of a Volkswagen? <laughs> oh, Ben Affleck. Shannon Hamilton. Uh, it's it's a great movie, and of course, uh, Silent Bob's line in this movie is the is the uh, the Yoda quote: "Adventure, excitement, a Jedi craze, not these things." And of course, this is where we get Banky. Oh uh, yeah, freaking Banky. Yeah, this is uh, a couple more movies. Yeah, this is a. Uh, this is classic. I, I can't say it's better than Clerks, but I would put it right next to Clerks because it's a uh, damn close. It's it's such an easy story to tell. Yep. The only reason I appreciate Clerks more is because I know what went into it. It was a simpler movie that required corner cutting to tell the story, whereas Mallrats had an actual studio behind it. But that's the only reason I put Clerks above Mallrats. It's it's great. Anybody else have some? uh Thoughts before we move on to our next movie? No, that'll pretty much cover it. Yep. All right. So Chasing Amy, the really the more serious of the movies that we're going to talk about. And the, the only most, one I haven't seen. This was actually the last one I have. I had seen. I had seen. Clerks 2 wasn't out yet, but yeah, when I saw it. Super groovy and reboot hadn't happened yet, but yeah, yeah. So, um, the only reason I would ma- I might rank this lower than the other movies we're going to talk about is because it's got more of the emotional gut punch, yeah. and I don't watch it to be because I can't get the same fun out of it that I can get the other ones out of. But from a storyline standpoint. This movie might be the best overall story. I will disagree with it. I will put it at number two and we'll discuss it later. 
Okay, fair enough. But yeah, this is uh, this movie is freaking brilliant. So, Jeff, what's the general story behind Chasing Amy? Chasing Amy is about Ben Affleck's character falling in love with Joey Lauren Adams, who at the time was uh, the ex-girlfriend now of Kevin Smith because they were dating on Mallrats. And one problem, she's a lesbian and he's not comfortable with it and he's doing everything to try to win her over despite her, you know, being interested more in women than men. And of course, then you have Jason Lee as basically Jason Lee being the complete ass and just trying to get his buddy to get over this girl. She just needs some deep dicking. And he got into a lot of trouble for that line. I remember uh, one, of the, one of the evenings with Kevin Smith, the girl's like, so I guess I just need some deep dicking. He's like, no, 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 no. You know who says that? The character who's always fucking wrong. Right. That's the that was the point, right? Yep. So, yeah, the. Uh, the story is kind of a gut punch, too, because it. His insistence on falling for a girl he can't have ruins everything. Yep. Quite literally. He ruins his closest friendship. Um, Because that that whole that whole ending scene where he tries to like, that's just it. Like, it's an emotional scene, but they're talking about having a three way. (laughs) So it's funny at the same time. And this is where we get Hanky Edwards, who, yes, yes, he takes Shaft. We learn that. <laughs> we do learn that eventually. Yes, we do. Not quite in this one, but yes, we will learn the truth about Banky. Now, I don't know if this is true or not, because this came from Kevin Smith. So he could be blowing himself up or he could be telling the truth. But this movie was two votes away for a nomination for Best Original Screenplay. And honestly, I could totally see that. Of all the movies that would get that nomination, this would be the one. Yeah. So. So now we so know, do you know we have do you know deep yeah. Jason Lee played characters at this point. Yep, Brody and Banky. Brody and Banky. Although we we all agree Brody's better. Well, honestly, not not true though, because again, you have Brian O'Halloran appears basically as his own cousin in every movie because he's always playing a Hicks. Yeah, that's true. And then Ben Affleck as Shannon Hamilton, and now... Yeah, but Shannon doesn't come back. He's only in the one movie. Oh, that's true. Actually, well... Trying to think if he does come back. I thought he does appear later. Oh, I think he's, like, in the in the very, very end of Strike Back. Yeah. Like in, the, in the crowd, right? Yeah. yeah. But other than that, other than that little bit... Isn't Did you know who like, um, wanted to? Oh, go ahead. Wasn't this like the only movie that wasn't set in Jersey or something like that? It was set in like New York. I, I, no, you're thinking. No, he, this was set in Jersey too because there's a scene on the boardwalk. Oh. I mean, other movies move around, but yeah, I like, mean, Dog, like Road Dogma Trump's ends Jersey. in Jersey. Yeah. What's a Nubian? <laughs> that that was gonna be my uh, favorite scene. Was the opening scene at the uh, comic book convention? Yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> Actually, my favorite scene is the chasing Amy speech that Silent Bob gives. 
because it's again, it's the resonation part. Do you know who Miramax wanted to cast instead of Ben Affleck, Jason Lee and Joey Lauren Adams? I knew it at one point and I cannot remember it right now. John Stewart, David Schwimmer and Drew Barrymore. Well, Schwimmer was big on Friends at the point, uh, and he has done a movie with Jason Lee. I could see John Stewart playing a good Ben Affleck, actually. So, yeah, I, I could see that. But no, Sh- Schwimmer's a, a neurotic, but he's not Jason Lee. Yeah, that uh, probably would have done good money-wise, but not would not have done well history-wise. Like it wouldn't be a cult classic like it is uh, do you know what some of the uh this is this is some of the classic things that i've heard whenever somebody doesn't like anything involving joey lauren adams it always comes down to her voice she does have an annoying voice and i can get that but i also feel like people are missing out yeah i mean is she's a i wouldn't call her a great actress but she is definitely a very good actress Yes, her voice can be a little grating, but I mean, think about it. You could say the same thing about like Renee Zellweger, and she's an Oscar winner. Yeah, you could say the same thing about anybody like Kristen Schaal, and she's hysterical. Yep. Or uh, Jennifer Tilly. Yep. And she's hysterical too, so. Yes, Jennifer Tilly. Yep. This is Quentin Tarantino's favorite movie from 1997. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, throw that little thing in there. Make sure. Um, well, nice. Yeah. His brother is going to be here. <laughs> uh, so, Eric, I would recommend you check this one out. I think you'll like it. It's worth a watch once. And if you really like it, you can watch it more at your own leisure. It's definitely worth a watch once. It's not It's not a good one to go back and revisit too much because it does have... It's like watching some... It's like watching a Pixar movie. Not Not up. But like one where it kind of just hits you and you're just like, damn, this is this is a bit heavier than I wanted. I don't know if I'm ready for like a heavy feeling Kevin Smith movie. But it's good. Well, this is the really one. Good. I mean, it, it's really good. Well, if you ask universe, this is the one. <laughs> this is the one. Yeah. <laughs> yep. He does have heavier movies, but this is the one. All right. Let's talk about the very first Kevin Smith movie I ever saw. This was my first. This is my first as well. Yep. Dawn Mun, 1999. I saw it at a Christian college. (laughs) (laughs) That is awesome. That is friggin' awesome. Uh, Yeah, this one is amazing because it's so... It's fucking hysterical. And it's true. It and, is. And I just want to throw out, you had said that Chasing Amy had the best story. No. Dogma. For me. As the best. John Doe Jersey. I mean, I can, I can see that because this movie, this movie takes the South Park route. It mocks religion while also praising it. Yep. <clears throat> it's the best way that you can put it. Has everybody seen this one? Yes, once. Okay. Yeah. All right, Eric. What What are your memories of Dogma since you've only seen it the one time? 
I remember vaguely like the I, I I can't remember who plays what, but there's an angel and they're fighting over like something, and then yeah. God just so, sitting unconscious in a body. So the uh, the the cast out angels are <laughs> Affleck and Damon, Bartleby and Loki, and then the uh, the demon Azrael is of course Jason Lee. I'm and a the fucking fuck- demon. I'm a fucking demon. <laughs> but I'm a fucking demon. And then it involves the uh, the voice of God, the the apostle. The no one, yes, the, Alan Rickman, the apostle. No one talks about because he's black. Chris <laughs> Rock. Rock. <laughs> Rufus. Yep. Like, no, I'm nigga owes me ten dollars. <laughs> wow, dude. Oh, God. And then, of course, uh, this is the movie where uh, Linda Fiorentino and Kevin Smith appear on screen in certain roles, but we're not speaking to each other because she is notoriously difficult to work with. Yep. I guess that sounds about right, because I only know from like two or three things. So, yeah, she's and she and they all she's never back for the sequels. Back when they're serialized, right? She's in one Men in Black movie. She's not in the next. Yep. Nope. There's a reason for that. Uh, but of course, Salma Hayek. Yeah. Brilliant yep. in that, too. Oh, she has one of the best lines when she yells at because Ezreal was one of the, the artist like, ones like she was, and she freaking takes him down about why Elvis is better than him. So good. <laughs> and Elvis knew in the times of war it was time to put down the... <laughs> And that's why he's the king, and you're a schmuck! <laughs> and you're a schmuck. I love Salma Hayek. Everything she's in, I think she's friggin' brilliant. Like, I, I, I know this is a VSQ uh, podcast, but you need to watch the trailer for the new Hitman's Bodyguard's Wife. Oh, is that her? Well, because she's also in the first one, but just it's Ryan Reynolds, Samuel L. Jackson, and Salma Hayek. I sold. <laughs> sold. <laughs> you, you had me with Samuel L. Jackson and Ryan Reynolds in the same movie. Because all three of them are in the first one as well, but she's barely in it. She seems to have a bigger role in this one as well, and it's fucking hysterical. Well, she's the titular wife. Yep. <laughs> and of course, I also love that George Carlin is the cardinal. Yep. yep. And I love George Carlin. Introduce the buddy Christ because Christ on the cross is a little bit hokey, yeah. not not inviting. <laughs> so of all the there's there's so many great scenes in this movie. I'll tell so you my good. story of how I saw it. But if I had to pick one, um, if I if I had to pick like the one thing that I always absolutely fucking loved about this movie and I I'm being distracted because my cat has decided to make herself known. I love Jay's line about how me and Silent Bob are pro-choice. Women's bodies are own fucking business. How do you you can agree? How, how do I agree with something that hard, but also that aggressively? <laughs> I mean, like, we're trying to find Shermer, Illinois. And it doesn't fucking exist. 
But actually, my my favorite J my favorite J scene is when they're at the restaurant trying to figure out what to do. He goes, "Why don't we just ask this guy to close the church?" I mean, if the church isn't open, he can't do the thing, and then they can't they can't get get in, right? And <laughs> well, good lord, the little stoner's got a point. <laughs> but every every character introduction is freaking brilliant. Ah, oh, you freaking Americans! If there's not a movie made about it, you don't know anything. And then uh, when Chris Rock's first appearance, uh, thanks for thanks for the coat, big man. I'll, I'll try to keep it tucked back. <laughs> movies. This is where we get the movies, right? Yeah. So my first time seeing Dogma was. I've talked about this before. We did a high adventure hike in New Mexico when I was in Scouts the summer of 2001. So this movie would have only been two years old at that point. And uh, Dogma had been a popular film that a bunch of the that a, a bunch of the other scouts had seen and raved about. But a lot of us hadn't. So what we did was we all did a little camp out the night before we were scheduled to go to the airport. We camped out at our uh, the place where we had our scout meetings because, you know, we already have all of our supplies and everything. Right. So we laid out our sleeping bags. We slept in the church because our scout meetings were at a church, which makes it funnier. And they're like, all right, before we go to bed, let's watch Dogma. So we did. So we put on Dogma and we watched it. That was my first time seeing it. And I had always heard the names Jay and Silent Bob, but I didn't know where they were from. And this is my first introduction to them. And then after that, they're like, well, if you like that, uh, here's three other movies you need to see. And I did. Which was amazing. My cat just drooled all over my hand. Because I'm, like, scratching her face. She's on my lap right now. She, she's a drooler. My dog is sitting at the doorway. My door is closed, but I can see he's probably going to push it open soon and start crying. Yeah, it sounds about right. Oh, God, you drooled all over my desk. Ah, oh, he's so disgusting. Freaking animals. All right, so one thing I did learn, I, I never knew this before I saw Dogma. I didn't know that God was Atlantis Morissette. What jagged little pill are we talking about here? Speaking of Alanis Morissette, check out my episode of Ranking Tracks, where I talk about Jag Little Pill. Ah, and you can at ckccradio.com, go to the Ranking Tracks page, and search for Atlantis Morissette, because all the episodes are now in order. Yes, and it happens to be, I'm definitely not scrolling right now as I stall to try to find the correct name. It's episode number 23 from January 17th. Oh, there you go. Ah, yes. So... What I love about this movie is, of course, I, I'm not going to get into my full opinions on religion on this show. I'm saving that for the patron straight shooting show. But I always like how there are definitely different interpretations and this movie makes it happen. Yes, it's actually quite probable that God would be a woman and Jesus would be a black man. Yep. So they work with that. Oh, Jesus ain't no Swedish white guy. He's at least brown. <laughs> so there you go. And the movie is just it's hysterical. It's got so many great moments. It's a it's a it's a very fast paced with how everything happens. And there are it's one of those movies that I had to watch a couple of times to pick up some of the lines like I didn't understand that Selma Hayek was screaming at her to bless the sink. I thought she was screaming blast the sink and I had no idea what happened. Yep. I'm just like, oh, OK, he goes, well, how'd you know the golf club would work? Oh, because that would be the idiot who would bless his clubs to give himself a better game. Oh, and here's the dog opening the door. 
There you go. And the pupper is here. So, yes, uh, memories of dogma. Anybody want to jump in here or did we cover? Uh, I'm going to go with mine being when Megatron tries to. You'll be quiet. Oh, first, first shows up and is trying to prove to Bethany who, she, who he is. And he makes the line of, well, I, sex is pretty much a joke here on Earth as well. Yeah. Podcast. Okay. Oh, hi, puppy. Yeah, let's get you a treat so you shut up. He's got a secret stash in my room. That's can, I get, can I get a treat? I want a treat. I've earned a treat. Let's talk about treats. Yeah. What's everybody? Want- what's everybody eating after the show? I've not yet decided. Depends on how long we go. Nachos. I know. Probably. Oh. <laughs> I like how you just knew where you were going with that immediately. I like nachos. <laughs> nachos. Nachos. Sometimes you day. just know. And that's when you know you're really hungry. And then, can we all talk about how great the scene is when they murder all the executives? You didn't say bless you. Oh, uh, low, because he, he, like, the entire time Bartleby's talking, he's, like, got a potato or whatever yeah. versus an onion. Um, yeah. And he's just a person out of it. I've it's also like, used the you didn't say bless you line when I whenever I sneeze and somebody doesn't say it, I just like, oh, I'm going to kill you now because you didn't say bless you. And they're like, well, that escalated quickly. I'm like, well, you need to watch Are you actually believe in voodoo? <laughs> I love that even just killing like eight people completely drains them like he's a drunk. Oh, yeah. He's like, he completely killed Sodom and Gomorrah, but, like, just killing eight people is, like, as affected to him as completely sacking two major cities. Alright, now he for... Fucking gun. <laughs> this one we call the Fika later. <laughs> Shit, demon! <laughs> the Golgothan? It's really weird to watch the, uh, the DVD with the extended scene, because there's no sound effects in, so it's just, like, a silent shit demon. Oh, yeah. It's always weird watching that stuff. All right. So. On the on the actual ranking, this one's pretty much right there with clerks as and mall rats like it's. I would put this top three. Yeah. Yeah. Now, the next movie we're going to talk about, the only reason it would go at the bottom for me is because. It doesn't do anything different. It's a fan service film. But just because something's at the bottom doesn't mean it's bad, because I still love this movie. And that is, of course, Jay and Silent Bob need their own movie. So let's give it to them. And let's bring in. Hold on. Before we go there, let us not forget that Jay and Silent Bob appear in Scream 3. They do. (laughs) That is the only good. Yeah, yes. the only good thing about that movie, by the way. Yes. They have a one-scene cameo where they have one line, where Jay has one line on a set, which is definitely related to Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. And that's because Scott Mosier was a producer on that movie. Yes. Well, so. Yes. Huh. And the best part is, uh, Wes Craven appears in Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. Yeah, yeah, like I said, it, the the two scenes are connected. So funny. So this is right. what if we make a road trip movie, like a classic old school road trip movie, right? 
Yep. This is the opposite of dogma. Now we're going the other way across the country. Yep. Now we're <laughs> going to the West Coast. This is the movie so. that actually uh, brought me into the, the oh, all, all of, just Kevin Smith in general. This is the movie that brought me into Kevin Smith. Well, here's what I appreciate about this movie. You can watch this movie and have fun with it. You don't have to have seen anything previously to understand it, but stuff makes way more sense once you've seen it. Because I yeah. had I had only seen Clerks and Dogma before I saw this. No, 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 not Clerks. Uh, Mallrats and Dogma were the only movies I'd seen before this. I had not seen Chasing Amy or Clerks. And then eventually I... Uh, once I saw them, I'm like, oh, OK. So now that line where he's like, are you even supposed to be here today is even funnier. Yep. We That's the other baby Harley Quinn Smith as baby. Jay or Silent Bob. Yeah. You know what? That might be the other thing. Harley Quinn's my favorite comic book character ever. And Kevin Smith named his daughter Harley Quinn and Jim Cornette's dog is Harley Quinn. And that might be why I love them so much. Anybody who's got a positive connection to Harley Quinn is a, is a favorite of mine. That might actually be new appreciation for Kaylee Cuoco because she produced that cartoon and then did the voice of Harley. Yep. But yes, uh, so let's quickly. First things first, I got to talk about the cast in this movie, not not the main cast that we see coming back, but the other people who pop in. So Shannon Elizabeth is, of course, one of the one of the heist girls. And then the three that they chose were Elijah Dushku, one of my top crushes, Allie Larder, and Kevin Smith's own wife. <laughs> Your Chrissy, name just... Missy. Yeah, Sissy, Missy, Chrissy, and Justice. Your name doesn't even fit the rhyme scheme. <laughs> uh, Will Ferrell is the federal wildlife marshal at his most Will Ferrellness. Marshall Owen Holly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, of course, this is like have, right when he was starting to get big on SNL as well. So like, yeah, yeah, they got, so him, they right got at him the right time right when he got hot. George Carlin is back this time. He's a hitchhiker. <laughs> yeah, I'll take a shot in the mouth. Yeah, you got you have to give them a blowjob because you're not paying them. <laughs> we'll pay. We'll give. We'll give head for ride. Well, what happens when you don't make with the head? Don't they kick your ass at the curb? Well, sure. If you don't make with the head, then they they have that <laughs> moment of realization. <laughs> Judd Nelson as the sheriff is brilliant, too. Uh, and also the fact that this is the first movie since Return of the Jedi to have both Carrie Fisher and Mark Hamill. Yes, which is great. I love that Carrie Fisher is the nun. It's just like, well, you guys follow the book, too? The Book of the Road? Well, yeah, I live my life by the book, don't you? <laughs> well, you picked us up. I guess I gotta. <laughs> Sean William Scott, fresh off of his fame of being Stifler in the American Pie movies, appears yeah. as the animal, the super overly kind hippie animal lover that, huh, it, you misunderstand. If I, if you were a sheep, would you fuck another sheep? Oh, you bet your ass I would. Yo, he's not one of us. This dude said he'd fuck a sheep. <laughs> <laughs> of course, this was when Jon Stewart was getting really big, so they, they got him in there. Yeah, he had. I think he had just taken over the Daily Show, yep. as well. Of course, tra they get Tracy Morgan in there. They get Chris Rock back as the uh, and Jamie Kennedy's the assistant as the. Look at He's all the delicious flavor. Does <laughs> your daddy know that you bring an N word his coffee? It would kill him, wouldn't it? You went to film school. 
Uh, there's so many funny references in here. And then, yes, Mark Hamill as the villain with the with, the, the, with the best part where he goes, hey, it's Mark Hamill. Everyone applaud. <laughs> How'd you get the name Cockknocker? Well, it's a really funny story. <laughs> Nutshot. Avenge me, Hip Knight. <laughs> and of course, let's not forget James B. James Vanderbeek and Jason Biggs. Yeah, as Batman yes. and Chronic in the movie. Of course. Uh, Dedrick Bader as the security guard. You I'm don't want to know what they do with guys in prison. They'll make you go to county. You know what they make, make you do in county? <laughs> Toss the salad. Toss the salad. Which is a great Chris Rock bit as well. <laughs> Goodwill hunting those. too. Hunting season. <laughs> Do you like? I don't like those apples at all. <laughs> I love that they have. Uh, I love Tracy Morgan and the the other guy are playing the West Coast version of Jane Silent Bob. Yep. <laughs> and they've 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 got a uh, they're they're union members too for being dealers. <laughs> I. This movie does a great job doing good fan service, getting in ridiculous, out-of-control comedy, and celebrity cameos. So it's not as well put together as the other movies, but it absolutely does its job. Yeah. And it's so it might even be the most quotable out of all the other things we talked about, which is saying something. Exactly. Oh, we, oh, we, oh. Oh, yeah, and more stay in the time. Do you know... Did you hear uh, it was on uh, Colt Cabana's podcast where where uh, CM Punk made a reference to Morris Day in the time and Colt Cabana didn't know who they were talking about? And he's like, are those the guys from the Kevin Smith movie? <laughs> and that's how he knew who they were. Oh, we, oh, we, oh. Punk just starts laughing. <clears throat> gotta, you got to love and appreciate everything they threw in here. Uh. This is a very well done well done movie. Eric, I memories. am the clit commander. <laughs> 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 that that whole fucking videotape scene. And then uh, <laughs> Silent Silent Bob at the end, like the sign on the back of the car said, Critters of Hollywood, you dumb fuck. Where do you think they're going? <laughs> Who would see a Jay and Silent Bob movie it looks directly at camera? That's what I, that was going to be mine was them breaking the fourth wall. Oh, yeah. And like just the Ben Affleck scene when they're like, what's the internet? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What the fuck is the internet? Uh, I love when they print out all the names of the people on the message board and fly across the country beating the shit out of everybody. Yeah, in the credits, yeah. As how many people want to kick some ass? <laughs> <laughs> Are you... Did you say that Jay, Say and Silent Bob are fluck, fucking clown shoes? Yeah. So what's your point? And they just beat him up. It's like the guy at the business meeting, the, the freaking priest. <laughs> uh, it is a it is a perfect fan service movie. So not all fan service movies are good. I think we can agree with that. But I think this one absolutely does its job. So of course, you know, did you you catch the re the reference of uh, Affleck and Damon saying, 
that the one reason to do a film is that the director a favor. <laughs> also breaking the fourth wall. Yep, because Kevin Smith is how he got the Weinsteins to recognize Goodwill Hunting. Yep. Uh, did you also know Mark Hamill has two roles in the movie? Yep. He's the voice of Scooby-Doo when they have that high scene. <laughs> the Shaggy wants to steal their kidneys. Uh, classic. I friggin' friggin' love it. It's, it's, it's the fun one. It is. That's exactly it. It's the fun one. And it it didn't have to do anything more than it did. It got it got its point across. Uh, real quick, I want to quickly touch on the Clerks TV series, yep. which, of course, I own on DVD. And I still believe that the Clerks TV series was an absolute victim of its own <clears throat> its own production because of the fact that the network didn't want to work with it. So. Yep. If this was an Adult Swim show, it would have gone for like eight seasons. It was so good. But maybe I didn't even know they made a show. Yes, they made, there's they only made like eight episodes, so it's really easy to get through too. So there are, yeah. exa- there are exactly six episodes. Six episodes, yeah. And the one has the incredibly long title. It won a humanitas. So that yes. it didn't use any words like gay or. Well, that's gay. <laughs> I also like how they knew their second episode is a clip show. Yep. Of clips that never even happened. And they got everybody to come back and do their voice own voices, too. So plus Alec Baldwin. Yeah, Alec Baldwin. <laughs> Leonardo, Leonardo. Yeah, it takes place in Leonardo, New Jersey, and he's the mayor, the corrupt ma- ass mayor. And Charles Barkley, too. Yep. Yeah, the, well, the NBA All-Stars are. Or yeah, the jury. He, yeah, so Eric, what they do at the end is they'll like they'll do like a PSA. You remember how like old cartoons would always have like that PSA about not doing drugs or something? Yeah. Or helping the community. They would do that and they'd have Charles Barkley, but people would just like mock him. Like Charles Barkley, you suck. That's <laughs> cold, Obi-Wan. Yeah. <laughs> the trial the trial scene about episode one being shitty. Objection, Your Honor. The pod race scene was pretty cool. <laughs> like he starts bringing in more people. Uh, we're bringing Michael Schumacher and have him <laughs> apologize for bat nipples. <laughs> so Blue drive car, bear drive car. How can that be? Oh yeah, rest of movie, rest of episode done by Korean Animation Studio. They treat us like slaves, <laughs> dude. It's really Eric. You gotta watch it. It's really good, and it's only six episodes. You can watch it in an afternoon, and you will... When when it got two hours, there you go. (laughs) Sit down and watch it. It's really funny. Really, really funny. Uh, So, yeah. uh, There's also the episode where they find out that Jay's technically still, like, in third grade, so he can play Little League Baseball. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's also a thing. They win the Little League World Series, but of course, there's more to that episode than just that. Of course. Of course there is. (laughs) So, yes, we also have to talk about uh, the sequel, Clerks 2. The last movie I ever saw at the drive-in movie theater. Oh, yeah? With Snakes on a Plane. What a double feature that was. I don't remember if I've seen Clerks 2 or not. Dante and Randall are working at a movies, 
Yeah, if you've seen it in black and white, then you've seen the original. If you've seen one in color, then you've seen the sequel. Man, I don't think I've seen the sequel. Rosario Dawson. This one. It starts with Dante going to work, and he opens the shutters, and it's on fire. Yeah. Did I leave the coffee maker on, or was it terrorists? (laughs) (laughs) And he just promptly closes it and leaves. And then we get the, the nothing but flowers opening. <laughs> and then they're working at a movies. Uh, it's it's so the whole just like the original clerks, it takes place in one day. Yep. And it's all about Dante's last day at work. He's going to move to Florida to be with his fiance. And with the big and, nipples. With the big nipples. And they are going to start this business and everything. And it's all about him coming to terms with what he really wants in life. He's always lived his life according to what other people expect from him. It's a very relatable movie. It's something that I actually kind of need to rewatch myself to uh, make a couple of big decisions in my life and make some changes. So, like, I I appreciate this movie more than ever. And I'm going to throw out my favorite scene already before we even jump into it, because I'm just going to take it back. It's not racist. I'm taking it back. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. This movie is filled with uh, with just ridiculous lines of <laughs> that poor that poor Elias kid. Yeah, but he, and, no, he deserves it. I do not like Elias. Well, we're not so- yeah, the. The Lord of the Rings rant, the Transformers rant, and the Pillow Pants rant are just the the pinnacles of... Those are incredible movie rants. I actually have a screen grab on my computer when I first learned that, like, I, I could screenshot DVDs off of my old PC. This was, of course, back, like... This would have been, like, 2007, like, right when this movie would have came out on DVD. And I have a screenshot of Randall while he's hearing the Pillow Pants thing for the first time, where he just has that look on his face. And that was my background for a little bit. Yes, you Clark. like Mr. Randall, don't you? Well, Mr. Randall wants to see a fucked up donkey show, and we're going to give it to him. Oh, and every every single twist that happens, you realize. <laughs> Mr. Dante. <laughs> like, you see stuff coming, like him calling that there's a, another fire, and then you kind of forget about it, and then here comes the payoff. Yep. Soda tastes like piss. <laughs> Play something we can dance to. They say he puts on death metal. So yeah, they brought in Jason Lee, but he was in full My Name is Earl mode, so he couldn't play any of his other characters. They just made up another character for him. Yep. Ah, uh, so it's, it's a good one. Eric, I highly recommend you watch this. It's a very good coming-to-terms movie. And Rosario Dawson's in it. This is a good mixture of the original and like the, the heaviness of chasing Amy. They kind yeah. of balance each other out. It has a heavy come to terms moment, but it's super relatable. Because anybody can relate to what Dante goes through in this one. I highly recommend Clark's two. Highly recommend it. Yes, I hear it all the yeah. time. Like, well, they shouldn't have they shouldn't have made it. Yeah, shut up. They should have. And I loved it. So 
I also remember seeing it in theaters, me and a good friend of mine. It was pretty much an empty theater. There's like five other people. And we looked down and there's this old lady and this little kid who must have been like five or six. And I guess when they went to the movies, they had no idea what they wanted to see. And they're like, oh, this movie called Clerks 2. We'll check that out. And about 10 minutes into the movie, they walked out. I saw that happen when I saw Team America World Police. We were about seven minutes into the movie and we see a guy ripping his young ass daughter out of the movie theater. Well, at least that makes sense. It's a puppet movie, so you don't know how offensive it's going to be. Just Uh, ask someone. You ask someone. What the fuck? (laughs) Do do you hear he's a hard R? I wonder why. (laughs) Oh, you never go hard R. Never go ass to mouth. Also, a line I've used many times: "Never go ass to mouth." Never go ass to mouth. You never go ass to mouth. My favorite line is: "You weren't the one that got mayo in your cooch." (laughs) So, really quickly, I want to talk about Jason Mew's character in Zach and Miri Make a Porno. (laughs) If anybody has ever seen that, of course I. Because he. Because he basically plays Jay without playing Jay. Yeah. <laughs> Lester. Yeah. And he spends half the he spends like an entire scene just walking around with his bare ass out. Yep. Which you know he was probably loving. It's still not as funny as uh, Trey Parker and Matt Stone in basketball when they do their bare ass scene and you just see the swinging. Yep. <laughs> the swinging pieces in front of them that you know they threw in there for because they wanted to. <laughs> so I have not seen super groovy cartoon movie or reboot, but if you have, I would like you to please talk about them and encourage me to watch them. I, again, I, I saw a uh, super groovy cartoon movie. It wasn't anything great. I mean, it was one of those where it's like, oh, it's pretty funny at times, but there are times you're just like, uh, can we speed this up a little bit? And it's only 64 minutes and you're still like, nope, still. I I'd put this at the very bottom of the list. Yeah, I don't remember much of it, and I definitely saw it on Netflix when it hit Netflix like a year after. Um, yep. It's still good. It's done by Steve Stark because he started doing the cartoons of Smodcast episodes, of snippets from Smodcast episodes, and they did so well, they were like, do you want to do a movie? And they're like, yes. So, I mean, it's fun. It's officially... Produced by Jason Mewes and his wife Jordan, um, it's it is worth a watch, but it is again, it's like sixty three minutes, so and you're not going right. to remember a lot of it, but it's still fun. Well, I'll watch it. I mean, I watched it. What was I remember? So I watched the idea is, is they get rich, right? And they're trying to get superpowers, and then they get superpowers, and they have to deal with what it is to be a superhero. I mean, I, I'm I'm sure I'll still enjoy it to some degree. So, so they go through all the different ways to get superpowers. So you have like a like a Daredevil section and a Spider-Man section. But all right, I'd I'll still enjoy it for what it is. I'm sure, even if it's not great, I'm I'm sure I can find something to to enjoy about it. So, okay, that's good to know. Good to know. Good to know. Good to know. Um. So what about the reboot? The I reboot, enjoyed the reboot is two different movies at once. Uh-huh. Because the first half of it is the usual 
you know, Kevin Smith movie where they throw in all the different people that they can. And then the second half of the movie, you then need they get to, to shoot Then they it. get to Chicago. <laughs> the movie completely changes when they get to Chicago. Yeah. I mean, there, there are parts of the second half that are hysterical as well, but it, it, it's a completely different tone altogether. And not necessarily in a bad way. Who the um, fuck are Mitch and Murray? Chris Jericho's in it as a KKK Grand Marshal. <laughs> oh, there's a joke there, but I'm not going to make it. <laughs> I love Chris uh, Jericho too much to make that joke, but. <laughs> it also does kind of make Zach and Mary into a View Askew universe movie. Because, Fantastic. Because Brandon St. Randy is in it. The Justin that makes Long. Me happy, actually. Yeah, it's fucking hilarious. So they lose the right to the to their name, Jay and Silent Bob, at the beginning of the movie. It's the whole thing, and yep. so they so to get it back, they have to stop the new movie from being made. That's awesome. So they got to go back to Hollywood to stop the movie from being made. I, I think again. I think one of the like, oh man, I really don't want to give it away either because I can't mention are you gonna watch this movie i am but you can still say it go ahead and say it i I don't know if i should spoil it i mean it's kind of obvious once you get like to the halfway fucking point actually before then really but i think everyone know i think everyone that knows anything about the movie was that harley quinn is playing jay's daughter with justice right that's the thing yeah that was the thing that i was gonna say like it's it's funny to me to have like Kevin Smith's daughter playing Jay's daughter. Yes. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> and there are some awesome. there's some great cameos as well. Craig Robinson's in it. Yeah. Joe Maginello is in it. Um they bring in Chris Hemsworth is hysterical. <laughs> Val Kilmer is terrible, but Alyssa <laughs> Benoist. <laughs> Yeah, oh, sounds about right. And I was like, "Oh yeah, he did like hella episodes." Yep, of, of the show. Yeah, he directs both Supergirl and Flash episodes. So, but he he was really tight with the uh, Supergirl cast. So several of them appear in this one as well. Two of the other actors have appearances too. That's that's also one of the things, right? Is like. Uh... Like when you said Chris Hemsworth is really funny, it made me think of his appearance in that in that uh, 2016 Ghostbusters movie. And I was like, you know, he can be really, really funny. Yeah. Like he can- and he, again, he's got only an extended cameo in it, but he like because you don't think of Chris Hemsworth other than Ragnarok. He's not really known as a comedic guy. Yes, he was funny in Ghostbusters. He was supposed to be really good in the Vacation reboot, which nobody saw, so it doesn't matter. Even I didn't see it, and I love Vacation. (laughs) (laughs) But he is—it's hysterical to watch him in this movie. Yeah, it seemed like it seemed like they had a whole bunch of new people who were like, "Hey, you know what? We loved your stuff in the past. Why don't you just—you know—I know you want to do a a similar thing as the previous one. Bring me in for like." Two minutes. Yeah. And I'll do something. Tommy Chong is in it for crying out loud. Yeah, it's Tommy Chong. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah, I'll enjoy it. 
I, I'm sure I'll have. I'm sure. And I'll, it takes an unexpected turn right at the end. Yeah, and that's what I was saying. Where it's two different movies, and at the end, you're just like, "No, I'm okay. I don't need a moment. Excuse me." Yeah, it's it's just, it's great, and then it turns really sad real quickly. Also, you, you remember them having a contest for people to have a little background part in the yep. movie. Yep. It ends up being a photo op in the credits. <laughs> so there's like 30 people won a contest to be in the movie. And it's just them getting their picture taken in the group picture in the credits. Like yep. That's like the most Kevin Smith thing ever. And I'm sure they all knew and they were all down with it. It's fucking I hilarious. would have been. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, uh, Mike Zabchik and Walt Flanagan are very nice people. I met them at Jane Silent Bob's Secret Stash. I have a picture with them. All all the comic book men are in this are in the movie for like yeah. three seconds. So. Well, you, I remember when I first posted that picture. I'm pretty sure you were actually one of the first people who commented on it too. I, so, I have yet to meet them, but the one that I did meet, I met Ming. Uh, oh I yeah. Was, I was doing. I was signed up to work at a uh, convention in Jersey, and so did not know that it was supposed to snow the next day, the first day of the actual convention. So I'm there, I'm doing the sign-ins for people, and all of a sudden I look to my left, and I'm like, that kind of looks like Ming, but I wasn't sure. And he's now two people down from me, and I turn to the guy next to me, and I go, is that Ming? And the guy goes, hey, Ming, are you Ming from Comic Book Man? He goes, yes, I am. I'm like, you're an asshole. <laughs> hey, Ming, are you Ming? <laughs> so I, I do have a picture of me and Ming from that day. And That's yeah, awesome. I, I was like, oh, you, I asked you in confidence and you make me look out to be a jackass. That's awesome. There's no better way that could have gone. Yeah, I, I found a where he wants silver spoons. Well, yes, I was. Well, yes, I was. <laughs> That's a great joke, too. Yeah, Mike Zabchig and Walt Flanagan. I took the picture with them at Secret Stash, and the second comment is from Dan Peck. Tell him, Steve, Dave. <laughs> the best part was uh, Mike answers the phone at the store, and I don't know what somebody said, but he puts it down. And he goes, God, these people are fucking idiots. <laughs> and, I'm just, and he kind of looks up. My buddy Mark was like right there talking to him. He goes, I'm sorry. And he's like, oh, dude, we all get it. <laughs> like, don't even apologize. But it was cool. They had like old B monster movies on the TVs and everything. It was really cool to actually go there. And it's even cooler that they just work in the store. Because of course they do. Yes, that store has sadly moved, has a new location now. So the OG store is no longer there. I'm glad I got to go to it. Yeah, it looks I love like there was an announcement by Kevin Smith back in January of 2020 that uh, production has started on Mallrats 2. Yes. Yep. They're working on Clerks 3 and Twilight of the Mallrats. Yes. Right Both. I was going to actually ask what uh, what your uh, thoughts are on there being another Mallrats and another Clerks movie. I'm going to say the same thing I said when Clerks 2 came out. Is it necessary? No. Am I going to be first in line to see that? Fuck yes. yeah. 
Yes, I, I will 100% be seeing those in the theater. I don't see a lot of comedies in the theater these days because I save my my theater going trips for the blockbusters, the loud movies, the movies I want the big surround sound and everything for. But the last comedy I actually saw in the theater was Fighting With My Family. I would. I don't even know what the last comedy I saw in the theater was. Endgame and it's been two years. Well, there you go. I mean, yeah, it's been a long, long time. Uh, definitely over a year at this point. I, I'm probably going to guess it was one of the movies because one of my old jobs was right by a movie theater. And I may have played hooky a couple of times and I did not want to go to work. So I wound up going to the movies instead. So it would probably have been Jumanji 2. Welcome to the, uh, the second Jumanji would have been the second would have been the most random or recent comedy I saw in the theater. I trying to think uh, it had to have been Rise of Skywalker. That was your last comedy? Yes. <laughs> Somehow. That actually sounds about right. <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. 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 Oh, my God. Yeah, I think it was Star Wars for me. I think that was the last movie, period. So, uh, coming up two years? Because that was, yeah. That was December. This this will be, like, because I don't think movie theaters are going to be back in full force by the time, by the time Christmas rolls around. My local one is... Yeah, I got over movie theaters while I was watching Endgame. So <laughs> it's just like it's just so inconvenient and just so much extra stress to it now with the assigned seats and the every, every everywhere is ten dollars now. You can live in the middle of nowhere and it's ten fucking dollars. Ten dollars. That must be nice. I know, right? It's like fifteen, twenty bucks over here. It's uh it was I think definitely the last 15. movie was like uh it's like ten dollars for going at one PM and it's just like geez, it's supposed to be cheap. They have like a, Which a matinee Tuesday that maybe it'll be ten bucks at ours. Yeah. That's when I go. When it's the cheapest, it's still it's ten dollars. And now there's like assigned seats, so it's just like I don't want to sit near anybody and I get there so early that people could just choose to fuck me. I suppose. Where I want to sit is where everyone wants to sit, so I sit somewhere where I hope other people won't want to sit now. And it's just you like, would... the whole experience is just not good anymore. And then other people are awful. Like when I went to see uh, fucking what's that? The, the best one. The best Star Wars movie. That's not even a number. Rogue One? Rogue One, yes. It has a number, but it's not numbered. <laughs> There was a fucking whole family taking selfies like it's fucking First Communion or something like that as the movie's fucking starting. You're taking selfies in front of the screen like it's like you've never left the house before or something. What the hell? And the movie's starting. I mean, I I get it. I'm actually kind of over movie theaters, too. Like. Yeah, I I, I think 
I think I, I, I think the whole movies going straight to like these streaming platforms is definitely the future. <laughs> it's a way to go. We just got to make sure Disney's way of doing it dies. Yes. The way that HBO Max is doing it is doing it right. Not the way Disney Plus is doing it. Exactly. How's Disney Plus doing it? You got to pay them thirty more dollars a month. Yeah, thirty more dollars a month. It's a forty dollars service to get a top movie when it comes out. Or you can just wait thirty days and then it'll be there for free. Yeah, fuck that. But wait thirty days. Unfortunately, I mean, so far it hasn't worked great because it's been like Mulan and stuff like that, where only a few people care. But it's about to be an MCU movie in a month. And which is why I will go to the theater. I'm by next Saturday, I will be fully vaccinated. So yeah, I'm going to the theater to see Black Widow. Yeah, I'm not. This is day day two of being fully inoculated for me. So, oh yeah, I I'll go. Yeah, I'll go back to the theater for that because I'm not because it'll still be cheaper and at least I'll get the surround sound. And I have a very bad feeling because it's going to be an MCU movie and people are going to plop down that 40 bucks that month. Yeah, probably. Hey, and I, got Disney like, stock. Well, I, really? I have Disney stock, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you do. <clears throat> All right. Well, that was a. Uh, there's been quite a lot to talk about, guys, but uh, we have an entertainment challenge to do. So I reached out and I said, if we can actually get some people to participate in this, I might keep this going. And if not, this might be the end of it. And it looked like we got some participation. Of course, I also picked an easy one. Four, five, six, seven, eight, nine entries, which is not bad. And the game was simple. Take a famous movie quote that does not have a swear word in it and insert a swear word. Okay. Easy enough, right? Not everybody has a chance to get freaking four points, dude. Do they? No, because I'm I played, so I can't. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Jeff, I will one hundred percent. If you, we can, you can let people know if they would have gotten a point. Yeah, I'll do that. It won't mean shit, but <laughs> well, damn, you have to put it like that, Dan. <laughs> Somebody's got to be the bad guy on the show. I thought it would be one of us. <laughs> Nah, we gave that privilege up when Dan became the third man. <laughs> See, Eric, we don't have to be the bad guy anymore because we've got the guy who doesn't mind being the bad guy. Uh, we can be so nice. Guys. I do it so often on purpose, I don't even get heat for it. <laughs> yeah, but you're also dealing with a new audience. So, and you haven't been on the show that we haven't done the show for a year yet. So it's not like you've been on the show that long. Actually. When when did you officially join the show? That would have been November. Because we, okay. we wrapped CK at the end of October, right? Yeah, we did that for my birthday. Oh, yeah. Right. Did that like late November then, yeah. So the game was insert a swear word. It didn't I didn't specify what the swear word had to be. Uh, well, all entries what words are swear words? Well, I'm going to let you guys be the deci- be the deciding factors on on these entries here, because I already know which one wins for me. And I'm not going to say it just yet. 
So here's our first movie quote. This comes from friend of the show and loyal patron Randy Moyer. I'm your fucking Huckleberry. Yeah. What is there that from? Go. What is that? Tombstone. 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 Okay. With Val Kilmer as Doc Holliday. A soon to die Doc Holliday. I haven't seen the movie, so I can't. I can't award the point. I wish I knew it is the a context. Yeah. Oh, okay. Dan, it's a point for me. Okay. Well, I have seen the movie, but I will not award the point. I just didn't think it was a funny entry. I, well, and the imaginary point would not have been there either. I, I'm with you. <laughs> the imaginary point, yeah. All right, well, Randy still gets a point, so there you go. <clears throat> All right, well, Jeff is the one who provides the next quote. Automatic point. No, doesn't work like that. Damn it. All right, listen, Ellis. A lot. Hey, hey at least it was only one point. Anybody who listened to Wrestle Talk just popped for that. Everybody else is like, "Who's Ellis?" I don't even and know if Ellis listens to the show anymore. Just keep asking, "Who's Ellis?" Because you don't want to answer. Yes, you do. We need to have him on the show. All right. I once thought I had mono for an entire year. It turned out I was just really fucking bored. <laughs> yeah, that's that is a good one. That is yeah, a good one. I will award uh, that a point. I went back and forth trying to figure out a good one, and I'm like, yeah, I think that one works. Point, imaginary point for me. Uh, that's a point for me, dog. <laughs> oh, okay. That's a point for the Wayne's World, baby. Wayne's World, baby. Three points. <clears throat> All right. From our... Good friend and fellow Among Us player, Brian James Leon. Patron. Leon. Patron, Brian James Leon. I lost. I lost. I'm not supposed to fucking lose. Let me see the script. <laughs> I would have gotten that a point. That's a point. Well done. <laughs> if I was going to do match, I'd have been, this ain't exactly the fucking Mississippi. But you got it. That's a point still. Yes. <clears throat> Three points for Brian. <laughs> Patron friend of the show and race nerd podcast host Matt Hardman presents. It's your kids, Marty. Something's got to be done about your fucking kids. And that's an auto point for me. Yes. It sounds too real. Connor <laughs> mirrors a black man. <laughs> Oh my god, that episode. That episode. Oh, like, family guy. <laughs> what's wrong with that? Did you, know, uh, uh, did you know peanut butter was invented by a black man? Yeah, too late, Doc. <laughs> I don't think I'm comfortable around you anymore. <laughs> Are we in agreement then? Yep. yep. All right. From podcast co host of the Bingecast, the leader of the clan. And loyal patron, Jay Winger. Why did it have to be fucking snakes? <laughs> Pretty good. Poor Indiana Jones. Is anyone going to not use fuck? That's well, what I'm waiting for. this is for. about where I came to that conclusion. That's what I was <laughs> waiting for. I, I will award the point because I do love Indiana Jones. 
But at this point, it's going to be the winner is the one that doesn't use fuck. <laughs> well, I kind of felt the same way. I will give this a point. So where's a big shitter coming up soon? Dan, or are you or are you cunt or something? With this or no. <laughs> I didn't hear Dan's point. point. Yeah. OK, so it was around that point when I was looking at the entries. I'm like, it's all going to be the F word. Somebody has to vary it up. And then King of swears. But I, I mean, I get it. And it's versatile. But yeah, but everybody, everybody went for it. But one entry dared to be different. And that's our next entry. Eric and Jeff, this is from our fellow interventions friend, Miranda. Miranda. Hi, Miranda. Yay. <laughs> Bitch, there's no crying in baseball. There you go. Oh, I do like that. <laughs> He's crying, sir. <laughs> and not that my point matters, but she gets two points for originality. <laughs> I give this a point and an earmark. Same. I do as well. Point and earmark. This is one of my favorite movies. Maybe my number two. So it's Shawshank and A League of Their Own, baby. We reviewed this on the now defunct Talk and Talkies. Once I get the website patron page up and running, I'm putting the entire run of Talk and Talkies up for patrons, by the way. Because we've actually discussed how we're going to we are bringing back a movie review show by doing it in live, like doing like our own version of riff tracks or movie reviews. And the best way to do it as like a YouTube video is to make sure that the video of the actual movie in the stream is really tiny and reversed, right? That's like how you get away with it. Yeah. And also that part of the audio can't be playing. So we could be watching the movie, but I just have to make sure on the stream that audio isn't coming through. There are ways to do that, though. There are actually a lot of ways to do that, so. All right. <clears throat> so three more entries. Uh... This one comes from our old Wrestle Talk companion, Daniel Tuma. He has also played Among Us with us under the name Mick Thing. And his entry is I'm a fucking dude playing a fucking dude disguised as another fucking dude. Uh, he, he added more than one. Uh, so. That was also my problem. Join fucks. There's too many fucks given. There, there can never be enough fucks given. So I like I, where he I, went with it. I, I will I go. You know, the rules are the whatever. They're if I just toss them to the side. Arbitrary rules are arbitrary. Correct. Always, there's always a, if it's funny enough, then fuck the rules. I liked it. Point. Okay. Well, Eric says point. Dan. You stickler. Too many fucks. I feel the same way. I will also not award a point. Also, because at this at this stage, I didn't want any more entries with the word fuck. And then there were a lot of fucks. And then there were three fucks. So it's also a timing factor. This is why we do this in order. This is why I make people delete their entries and resubmit them. Because they're always read in order. That's a factor in the game. <clears throat> but our next entry comes from Hannah. And I, will, yeah. and I will admit I already liked it, so. You gotta ask yourself one question. Do I feel fucking lucky? Well, do you, punk? <laughs> and even though I was tired of the F-bombs, I was okay with that one. So, I'll give it a point. 
Best part about that quote is that's totally a quote that probably should have had a swear word in it. Yeah. Yeah. I can see that. I mean, he is dirty hairy after all. He's got a filthy mouth, right? All right. Yeah. I'm going off on a limb. I'll give this is my last point to anyone using the word fuck. Uh, There's unless, only one unless it's spectacular. All right. <laughs> Wait, way to make a stand on that one. All right. Well, that's two points to Hannah. Dan, you're the last one. Yeah, I get the point, yeah. All right. And then from Hannah's friend, Nicole, who plays Among Us with us, she submitted the final entry. Also, her first entry ever playing this game. Every time a bell rings, an angel gets its fucking wings. And remember, this is like a four-year-old girl that says this in the movie. And that's the sole reason it actually passes for a point for me. It's Zuzu, who just got her pedals back. Because <laughs> I would have laughed. Uh, Especially if that's the last It's like the last line in the movie, and it's some four-year-old girl. Teacher says... I, I should stand my ground. It is funny, but it is her first entry. Uh, fuck. All right. A point. All right. I think, I think oh. the context is what makes it like, that's what I know. It, it is. It is. Only, funny. Only, little zoos. Right. So that's a point. <laughs> but so no more end, fucks. <laughs> well, that was the end. And I think we're all in agreement that bitch. There's no crying in baseball is the winner. The only uh, one who yeah. didn't say fuck. <laughs> if that's because it won for originality and also because that quote is just great. So when I was younger and I only ever knew A League of Their Own as that movie that my mom always watched when it was on cable before I actually like really saw it, I always knew that scene and I would always laugh at that scene. I'm pretty sure I saw it in the theater. I'm not a There's no crying? There's no crying in baseball. She's crying. <laughs> yeah, it's good. All right. Miranda is our winner this week. Nicely so done. Thank you, Miranda. Nicely done. Miranda. We'll contact you and uh, we'll send out your prize. Your free, your free no prize. <laughs> I'll consider. I haven't actually added up the points in a while, but her six points, I don't believe are going to be getting her anywhere up on the list, considering that Jeff and Matt Hardman are, like, the kings of this game and submitted the most entries. I missed one. Well, we also haven't really done a ton of these. I haven't played so, in, like, two so... <laughs> well, no, but I literally missed one because I kept thinking about it, and then I was like, oh, oh, shit, it's Friday and it's too late. Too late, everyone. But if the game continues and people are going to continue, if we're going to at least get that kind of participation, then we'll keep doing this. I'll do another one next week. We'll see how it turns out. All right. Well, we, we've concluded the uh, the bigger portions of the show here. So real quick, I want to touch up. I have uh, restarted Yu Yu Hakusho. I was kind of on hiatus from it for a little bit, but uh to update, because Eric's the only one who's seen it, so he'll know where I am right now. I watched 
I watched the uh, the tournament for winning the psychic abilities, and now I'm in the aftermath of that, where Yusuke and Kuwabara go to like the city of ghosts. Oh, okay, all right. <clears throat> and then the two previous guys that they had to fight, the two criminals, actually show up, and they're like, "You can't do this on your own. You need our help." Just like, well, son of a bitch. Okay. But I remember I actually called it, too, because like in that tournament, you know, one of them is the demon that he's tracking. And he's like, it's got to be one of these final eight. I'm like, watch. It's going to be the li- the little guy, the most unassuming guy. And then it was. <laughs> and that was perfect. The most unassuming guy was the demon in disguise. I also yep. love the theme of the show that. Every single thing that Yusuke does, he gets away with just stupid, dumb luck half the time. Yeah. Like, he's he's the chosen spirit detective, and the only reason he didn't fall victim to his spell was because he had swamp, swamp mud in his ear because he was underwater and couldn't actually hear the spell being cast. <laughs> so, dumb luck is certainly serving this kid's favor. It kind of... <clears throat> it's kind of like a more... A more down-to-earth Dragon Ball Z type of show with spirit energy and everything. But it works, and I am enjoying it. I have a long way to go, but I really enjoyed picking it back up, and I've been having some fun with it. Well, good. So Good, I'm so happy. I won't go too... I know. And uh, tell... Tell Matt that I'm enjoying his recommendation because he really worked hard to to recommend that show. Yeah, yeah, he he, he pushed it pretty hard. Uh, if you guys like this stuff and you want to hear more awesome nerd content, you can check out our partner shows: the Blake and Sal Show, the United We Fan Podcast, and Sick Minds of Matt and Eric. And for all the great CKCC Radio content, go to CKCCRadio.com. I am building the website up pretty well right now, and I'm having a lot. I'm actually making a lot of progress with it. It's working. And I'd like to give our high tier patrons their honorary shout outs. Jeff, Jay, Glenn, Adrian, Randy and Robert. Thank you, guys. And to all of our patrons as well. Thank you very much for your patronage. Has everybody seen? Yeah, thank you. One of them's here right now. Has everybody seen the new Mortal Kombat movie? Yes. Yep. Yep. What is everybody's thoughts? Because I actually really liked it. I enjoyed enjoyed it. I was skeptical about them making the main character not someone canon for the Mortal Kombat universe, but it ultimately did work out, and I did enjoy it, and Kano is fucking awesome. That's just it, right? Yes, he's not. He's an original character, but he's a dis- direct descendant of Scorpion, so it works. I didn't have a problem with that. I saw a lot of people well, have an issue with that. Well, yeah, but we didn't know he was a direct dis- direct relative to Scorpion until he'd seen the movie. Yeah, that's true. It's, I was just basing that off of prior knowledge. So... Uh, only only Dan and Jeff might actually get this. Eric, you won't because it is a wrestling reference, but every time they mentioned Cole Young and I was like, oh, just generic guy they're forcing on us, it made me think of those WWE 2K games when you had the generic Cole Quinn. Yep. 
and like how hard they were pushing that character. And I'm like, I'm so sick of this name. Why is his name Cole? Why did we have to go with Michael Cole? Like, oh, I'm not okay with it. Thank God for Adam Cole. Maybe. Bring some prestige back to the name. But yeah, so every time I kept hearing Cole, 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 I'm like, oh, just stop. Stop with that. But I actually really liked it. They did what they needed to do to, to incorporate the characters. They focused on the important ones. Like, even like... How does Jax get his mechanical arms? Yep. Yeah, they, I was like, and this is where his arms get ripped off. <laughs> yep. The the moment I saw like Sub Zero, uh, I was just like, yep, I know what's gonna happen now. I'm gonna talk about the opening of the movie. It's fucking the best. Actually, was really good. Yeah, like really good. Yeah, that opening is awesome. They knew he had to hide. He had to hide his child because he knew things were going to happen. And then that's when you here comes freaking Raiden. Yeah, what now, Thor? That's your God of Thunder right there. And can rock get, and roll. <laughs> can we get Raiden versus Thor? Uh, we are getting the Greek, Greek gods in the next Thor movie, though. Yes, we are. Because we have confirmation that Russell Crowe is Zeus. So that makes me so happy. That cast alone is just mind boggling to add him and Christian Bale. Yeah. I mean, and Bale is a uh, he's Marvel. What the hell is Marvel Disney? They 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 have very deep pockets. They can get any cast they want. Yep. And. If all the rumors about Spider-Man 3 are true, oh dear God. Oh, I mean, that's all I'm going to say. They're in it. What would they be doing besides what they did before, right? Like, <laughs> And actually, Alfred Molina, like last week, actually came out and he's like, yeah, I'm Doc Ock. That's what I'm doing. Yeah, I'm more referring to McGuire and Garfield. Because yeah. we've they've basically announced that Molina and Fox are confirmed. But they keep toying with and then to see if Charlie Cox is coming in as Daredevil uh, I saw on Instagram the girl that played uh, what's her face on Daredevil just tweeted something about the original Daredevil movie which people are like oh that means she's in the movie too Karen Page that's it so but Deborah Ann Wool is yeah. doing Yeah, she had tweeted the poster of the uh, Affleck Daredevil movie, and a lot of people think it's her way of saying, hey, Daredevil's coming back. Well, then nobody's listed in that actual cast just yet, but so we shall see. Which is funny because that movie is coming out in December. Yeah, I was thinking we we should be seeing a trailer within the next two months. It yeah. might come along with Black Widow. Because there's um, Shang-Chi is this year as well. And, and we've that, already seen the trailer for that. And Shang-Chi right. comes out like two weeks before it because it's a Sony movie. It's a Spider-Man movie. So it's like two weeks apart, two, three weeks apart. So it's going to be crazy. It's going to be crazy. Yeah, uh, how long until Disney buys fucking Sony? <laughs> <laughs> the Disney PlayStation Plus. 
I mean, the world's just going to run on Google, Amazon, and Disney at some point. Probably. So wouldn't, um... What was I gonna... <laughs> so... Back to Mortal Kombat, anyway. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, I liked it. I, I thought it was great. Um, I thought... I thought Sonya got her powers too fucking fast. Um... Mm-hmm. Yeah, she re- she realized how to harness them within a second. I'm like, uh, no. Right. Well, I mean, like, considering she's been working at it since before anyone else knew what was going on, I, kind I, of, I think it makes sense that she would get hers pretty quick, but not that quick. I, I think it's because the one thing that she really wanted to do was kill Kano, and she got her powers at the exact same time she killed Kano. So, Death by Garden That was awesome. <laughs> I, I just like how they knew they just had to piss off Kano for him to get his powers, though. Oh, yeah. I got a fucking laser! <laughs> That's better than fireballs, you pussy! <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, it was it was very well done. It was better than I actually expected it to be. And, of course, Kano turns full heel. And then I love it because they're like, well, they don't want to have the tournament so let's make them have the tournament right i saw raiden can teleport anybody let's teleport them so we can fight them all one-on-one i saw simpsons meme about that that was really funny you know uh the poochie episode where they're supposed to be going to the fireworks store and then poochie shows up and millhouse is like what are they going to get to the fireworks store i saw it was the mortal Kombat movie and it's like and then it's millhouse going when are they gonna get to the tournament <laughs> <laughs> no it was good i i that was the whole point is they didn't want to do the tournament yeah i i thoroughly enjoyed it i would actually recommend this to people and i said uh now i got some feedback from uh i got some feedback from some people when i was like this is what a mortal Kombat movie should be and I'm not going to say who it was because it's somebody that I do I do like, but they were like, well, no, I disagree. This isn't what a Mortal Kombat movie should be because it didn't have the tournament in it. And I'm just like, literally only three games in the entire franchise involve the tournament. The first two games, and then I think it was Annihilation. So, yeah. I, I get where you're coming from, but no. just Just no. And the strangest and also probably more interesting thing is Shang Tsung is still out there. Well, right. That's so that he's, I, still the, he's still a main threat, which means they could do another movie with Shang Tsung as the bad guy before we get Shao Kahn to show up. He's what? only mentioned when Goro shows up and he's like, oh, Prince Goro, finally someone from the from the Shao. Can we talk what? about who uh, who played Goro, by the way? So Nathan Jones. No, uh, Nathan Jones was the general. Yeah, he was the, he was the guy with the hammer. Yeah. Who, who played Goro? This says this says the voice. No, it was somebody recognizable. Maybe maybe I have to reference uh, IMDb to get the actual actor. I'm on it right now, so I'll take a look. Because I'm on the wiki. Angus, Angus Sampson is Goro. Yeah, but there was actually somebody who did like the the body work for it that I'm not seeing the credit now. So maybe maybe it's going to be a wrong thing. There was one some... of those things like Colossus and the Jared in the Deadpool movies where it's like five people. 
going to bring him to life. Probably. But I, I was somebody recognizable that I was actually like, oh, well, that's interesting. And now I'm not finding it, so I must have been wrong about what I saw. Okay, that's fine. Yeah, because it showed me Daniel Nelson was Cabal, and then the voice was Damien Herrmann. Right, and um, I get that. Like, I understand that the voice and body could be different, but I could have sworn that there was a body person for Goro that I recognized the name and actually, like, kind of laughed at, and now I'm not finding it. So I had to have read something wrong. My bad, everybody. My bad. I'm not editing this. I'll admit my error now. That was another thing. Um... Somebody had asked me this a while back, and they're like, do you ever edit your podcast when you're wrong? And I always said no. If I'm wrong, I'm just like, yep, I got that wrong. Yeah, I don't edit mine either when I'm wrong. If like, we if found out wanna... I'm wrong <laughs> during the show, we... I will say that I'm wrong. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So what's going to happen is somebody is ultimately going to listen to this show and be like, oh, you are thinking of this person. And I'll be like, oh, cool. So. So, yeah, whoever. I have a half a mind to just edit until we get it right. <laughs> just edit right here. You're like, by the way, we totally edited this portion of this show. <laughs> no, I'm going to keep this in. This is great. <laughs> you ain't editing shit, damn it. Not that I can. But I don't yeah. know if it's going to break my system. <laughs> well, yeah, we don't want that. Good yeah. God. But I think the um, as far as the cast goes, I really enjoyed the cast overall. I think everybody played their role really, really well. And a complaint that I saw was like, they killed too many main characters. What are they going to do for the next one? I'm like, have you even seen how many characters exist in Mortal Kombat? They there's, did kill a lot of characters, though. But there's plenty to work and, with. And again, that's kind of the whole point. Oh, the, they're the retiring the they're they're retiring the the old Mortal Kombat people and bringing in new new blood. I mean, that's what they did the last two Mortal Kombat movies. They add, was games. They added whole new characters. I found it. it. The voice of Goro was provided by Kevin Michael Richardson, who's one of my favorite voice actors. That's right. That's where I found it. I was actually on his IMDb looking at something else that he had done. And I, I it turned he turned up for uh, Mortal Kombat and I was like, oh, no shit. The he was in the original 95 Goro, which is where I got it confused. And I had never seen that. Well, no, I had seen that. But it had been so long, I couldn't remember that that was Goro. And I'm like, are you shitting me? He was Goro, too. What the fuck hasn't this guy done? <laughs> He's even been the Joker. Yeah, he has. So that's actually where that came from. It wasn't the new Goro, which is why I couldn't find anything. Because I don't think he talked. I think he just grunted. Yes. I don't think he was smart enough to have a full conversation. No, uh, General Raiko was, Hello, Taiki, it's me, Nathan Jones. Oh, I had a brother! And he was uh, perfect in every way. So... Eric, do you know the comedy behind Nathan Jones, the pro wrestler who's now been in a bunch of shit like Mad Max Fury Road and everything? Did I tell nope. you that story? Okay, good. I'm telling there's you There's a story. couple. There's a couple. No, you know which one I'm about to tell. Because oh, the milky white titties. So this guy did time in an infamous Australian prison called Bago Road. 
And he took so many steroids while he was there that his chest swelled and he actually started to lactate out his nipples. And so when he debuted as a pro wrestler, there were a lot of jokes about milk that were just as disgusting as they were funny. Jesus. But so this guy was like was like a big heavyweight champion at some famous Australian promotion. And, you know, in Australia, their population's so sparse that they only have like one big one. Right. And he was their big champion. So when it was announced that he was coming to the WWE, it was a big deal. He was so bad. They actually did this on a live episode of SmackDown. They shot a part where The Undertaker was literally trading him as a wrestler on their live television show. That's how bad he was. That they actually incorporated it into the storyline. He was supposed to be a tag team with The Undertaker at a WrestleMania. And he was so bad that they shot before the show even went on the air. They shot a part where he got his ass kicked so bad that Undertaker had to fight the guys two on one. They wouldn't even let him be officially part of the match. That's how bad he was. Wow. But because he's such a big guy, because he's six foot eleven, and Vince McMahon has a boner for big guys, they t- took them forever to finally get rid of him. He was bad. He was really bad. He made me look like a world champion. Dude, he made it look like any one of us could do it. He was bad. And the thing is... He wasn't bad when I watched him in the Australia shit. Like, I watched him. I'm like, this guy's, this guy's, he's a big powerhouse guy and he's doing some cool shit. So I don't know how that just didn't translate. I mean, I understand there's different styles and all, but yeah, that was bad. Well, I also don't think that Kenny Omega works American style well at all. I actually think his matches are boring. All the good shit he did was in Japan. I've said that before. So maybe there is something. Maybe if, there is a style clash that he couldn't get over. I don't know. But he officially retired from the ring in 2005 and then went on to appear in movies. <clears throat> and he's always been the big guy who did the big guy shit. He was in Troy. He was in The Condemned. He was in the 2011 Conan movie. Of course, Mad Max Fury Road. He was on screen way too much. And then that's pretty much all he does, is he does big man stuff. Now he was General Ryko, so his destiny made me happy. I didn't even realize that was him. Yeah, it was him. Uh, unfortunately, it was him. Uh, and they put some good comedy in here. Not just Kano, who was the comedy, but, like, even Cabal got a couple of funny lines in. Yeah. So they did a good job with it. And I like, okay, people are complaining, like, okay, uh, what was what was the name of the, the demon girl Natara who she's killed immediately and then he goes flawless victory and I'm like yes I'm so glad they put that in there if you have to kill somebody without any offense make it be a character nobody gives a shit about yep and then he immediately gets his soul sucked <laughs> yep immediately but yeah the uh the fatalities were used people had to die and you have to kill a couple of big names cuz you still have other people to work with Plus, I love the the history of Sub-Zero and the fact that they actually call him by his name, like, Bailan or whatever, which is Noob Saibot. Bihan. Bihan, yeah. Oh, they even mentioned, they mentioned uh, when we first, when Jax first meets a guy and he's like, you beat Tobias. And I'm like, oh, well, there's a cut. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) But yeah, I think they did a good job with it, and 
I said that this is a good sign for video game movies. And if if we get to that point, which we're really close with that Mario movie coming out by Lumen Illumination Animation next year. If that's good, Nintendo has said they're open to doing stuff with their franchises again. So let's get that. Let's get that Smash Brothers cinematic universe going, everybody. I mean, guys, uh, Detective Pikachu was great. Apparently, Sonic was very good. They're making the next Sonic game, Sonic movie. Uh, yep. um, Sonic right now. was good. I, I, I can vouch. I did see Sonic in the theater. And I have posted a picture. I don't know if it's been everywhere, but a few places. They have a stand-in model for Knuckles for, for it as well. So we're going to be getting Knuckles in the next movie. So. Yes. Knuckles is in the uh, post-credit scene. Yeah, okay. That makes sense. And like, okay, so yes, the uh, it is definitely true that uh, when it comes to like video game movies and everything that they have not had a good history, but that's because they've always been cash grabs. If you get people with heart and soul put in it, you know what I always said Nintendo should do? They should create their own movie studio and make the movies themselves that way. They can bring in all the right people to do the movie stuff and then have all the right writers to keep the you franchise. Mean, like Marvel did? Yeah. Obviously. And then you like, get beaten and then you get bought up, but you only sell yourself to a company that understands what's going on and lets you do your thing. Because Disney though, buying them could have just been the end of everything. Yeah, and even to a lesser uh, degree, WWE studios. I mean, they're all shit movies, but... But it, but at least they're doing it. Yep. Hmm. I mean, if between... You take all of the really big franchises that they have. Mario, Zelda, Kirby, Pokemon. Kong. Uh, Kong, yeah, you can do a Donkey Kong Country movie easily. You throw in... I mean, Metroid and Star Fox would make great sci-fi movies. You have Fire Emblem to do your... Uh, your your more medieval type fantasy, and then you incorporate in other characters that maybe wouldn't be great in a standalone thing. Although I don't know, I, I'm sure Xenoblade Chronic Chronicles and Bayonetta would be good on their own. But like for something like Splatoon or well, Kid Icarus might actually be an exception. Like Splatoon or Ice Climbers or Animal Crossing, you just throw those characters in when you get to the final the final fight, which is the, the, the Smash Brothers movie. And then you can't always make movies out of everything, but you can get the rights to the characters. So you can throw in your Castlevania and your Pac-Man and your Street Fighter. I've said this on previous episodes. It's entirely possible to do this if you do it right. And some stuff like Zelda would make a better TV show, and some stuff like Punch-Out would be a good standalone movie. It's I, I think like something like Metroid and Star Fox would be good trilogy based movies, but like Zelda has to be a TV show. There's too much in the Zelda lore to keep it standalone. It's possible. You guys can do this. I believe in y'all. You can do it. And I know that they've got the other stuff now, like they've got Min Min from Arms and Steve from Minecraft. When you eventually do the big video game crossover movie, just license everything you can and you have the money to do it and then put in everybody. You can do it. You could do. I believe in you. 
I'd be down to watch that. Right? But, speaking of things that we should have watched, Falcon, Winter Soldier. Yes. <laughs> oh, boy. Wow. What an ending. What so because of last week off, we have to cover episode We're gonna cover and episode six. Truth and one world, one people. All right. Dan, you're the leader. All right. So we start almost right after uh, John comes. They're talking about what they're going to do with John. John shows up and they fight and they have to break John's fucking arm to beat him. <laughs> yeah. Because he done took the serum. It's he a really also, good fight. He also destroys the wingsuit. Yep, he destroys the wingsuit. Dick move. So now it's time for him to face his court marshal. In and other than honorable discharge is yep. what they've called. Just like Randall Keith Orton. <laughs> From out of nowhere. Fuck that guy. <laughs> I remember that that. Randy documentary they put out about I used to be an asshole, now I'm not so bad was the entire story. No, the best part of that one, though, is when they first cut to John Cena. He's like, yeah, when I first met him, he was a dick. <laughs> actually, from what I understand, Randy Orton's actually a pretty cool guy to work with now. Yeah, now. But... Yeah, that's the thing, now. He was an asshole for like the first 10 years and he was okay for like the next five. And I guess now he's just pretty cool. Pretty cool guy. So they kick him out. And he all gets all mad and he's like, but you built me, Senator. I am. And he leaves, stomps out in the place. Everyone's like, what a bitch. And then we meet. Julia Louis Dreyfus as Contessa Valentina Allegra de Fontaine. And you give the non-comic book guy in, in the, on the show, me, some background on this character. She is one of the higher-ups in Hydra in most comic books. Um, yes. She, she kind of works for herself for the most part because she has infiltrated both S.H.I.E.L.D. and Hydra at certain points and even became Madame Hydra. Uh, uh, one time. But really, she kind of just works for herself and a group called Leviathan. So there's so much difference or thing with her that we don't know what her real deal is until it happens. And I'm all down for some Julia Louis-Dreyfus. Now, my understanding is that it's a little out of place right now because isn't she involved in the Black Widow movie? So, or she's involved in something that we haven't seen yet that was supposed to come out before this. So, yeah, they're saying that she was supposed to debut in Black Widow, but because of all the delays, they had her come out in this instead. Well, I mean, it was like how WandaVision was supposed to be the third thing to come out, but it ended up being the first. So, things are just getting a little bit wibbly wobbly. Anyway, so she's like, Yeah, I know you don't have the shield. But it's okay, because technically they don't own it, so it's kind of a gray area. So, it's okay, and we'll we'll find something for you to do. It'll be great. Uh, let's see here, where we got? 
Uh, Zemo uh, gets turned over. Yeah, there's also a, a quick bit where Carly and the crew show up and they realize that the place has already been shut down so they can't do anything there. Uh, but yet, uh, Bucky disappears. He goes to Sokovia and meets Zemo at a memorial site for what happened there in Age of Ultron. And then that's when Io and them show up and he leaves with them. Officially arrested by the Dora Milaje. Although they do have a real heart to heart. Yeah, that they do. He thought then he was going to die. <laughs> then Sam goes back to Baltimore to, vi- to visit Isaiah and he gives the full backstory about what happened to him. which is some sad shit, but because it was super secret and he's black, he had to pay the price when things came out. And then he also says, they will never let a black man be Captain America. And if they did, no self-respecting black man would ever want to be. And this is what Sam's dealing with because he has the shield again. And he's trying to figure out what he should do. Meanwhile, they're still dealing with the family business and the boat. And Bucky comes in to help. And they have a will-they-won't-they with Bucky and Sam's sister. Which is hilarious. (laughs) My wife goes, I ship them. Like, as soon as that scene (laughs) happened. (laughs) It's the first thing she said. And then they realize that, wait, so man, our parents were there for everybody. What if we just ask people to help us? Like, we help them. And then that was the key to everything, because the entire fucking town shows up to help them fix the boat. They got, like, basically all the parts that they needed to fix it. And, and then there's the part where him and Bucky are up all night working on the engine and doesn't need work according to his sister, so she gets there in the morning and yells at him. No, there's nothing wrong with the water pump or whatever. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they're rebuilding it, and they're like, there's nothing wrong with it. (laughs) She's like, uh, I told you nothing wrong with the water pump! (laughs) Well, we were supposed to be done before you got here. (laughs) Uh, There was one scene where they would go to drop off that giant engine. They're like, well, how do we get it off your truck? And Bucky just picks it up one-handed. Yeah, that's when he shows up. (laughs) (laughs) And he also has a big suitcase for Sam. Where does he make that line about being right-handed and he forgets that he's got the arm? Was that this? Yes, this no. is uh Was it this a, episode? A fire, the fire starts, right? Oh, when, yeah. <laughs> when he was tightening the uh the the bolt or whatever and it was like spewing out vapor. Oh yeah. The, yeah, the um the air the water pressure or whatever. Yeah. yeah. He's just like, why did you use water. your metal on? He's just like, Well, you know, I'm right handed. Sometimes I just forget. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Oh, so good. Meanwhile, John is going to go meet Lamar's parents and then lies to them because Carly killed him 
but she but he's still claiming that it was that guy because he's a filthy liar who lies. Poor Lamar, meanwhile, <laughs> meanwhile, we get the biggest reveal of the show as Sharon is on the phone and hires Batchock the Leaper to help them out to help out the bad guys. And we finally realize she's the shadow broker. Power broker. Power broker. Power broker. And you're like, oh my god. So she's hired Batrock. So that means GSP gets to come back. And then we come to the most heartfelt scene in all of history of everything is Bucky and Sam working out with the shield on the trees in the front of the house. And there's feels. And you want to cry? Ask a question. Yeah, I had this. I had this question watching this episode, and I'm not the only one. How come he's doing really good with the shield at first, and then when we get to the training montage later, he's sucking? I think he was just playing catch at first, and not using everything at full strength. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay, thank you, because that was bothering me. Because it seems like he kind of like had the shield for a little bit, didn't do anything with it, handed it over to the Smithsonian before he actually done any training as well. So, And then, so this is a, the heartfelt moment between the two of them, training and talking over stuff. Because he has to, he's trying to do with what's right, with what Isaiah has to say, and then what happened with John? It's crazy. Then we get Batrock bringing a bunch of weapons to Carly and the boys. And they're like, well, we're going to do this. Are you going to join us? And he's like, no, I only want to kill the... Fa- well, that's good enough for us. <laughs> Episode ends with the GRC having a meeting about having to shut down pretty much everything and move everybody away. And the... Monitors start flickering and the lights go out and the episode ends. But don't leave now because there is a mid credit sequence of John making his new U.S. agent costume. He's making his own shield. Stupid guys wouldn't even let me have the shield. I'll make my own shield. Which is... Excuse you guys, wow. I make my own shield. <laughs> Which is just wow. It's like, dude, that ain't vibranium, bro. Oh, we all see how that worked out for him. <clears throat> right, so so epi- episode six, the finale. Which was amazing. Uh, amazing. Shall we start with? They're going to attack. So they're getting ready for what they're going to do because they've done the, the flickering in the TV, the screens and the and the stuff. And they bring in like tear gas and stuff. Uh, but then Bucky shows up and he's walking around and gets checked in or whatever. And someone walks up to him and it's Sharon. And a mask. And she's going to help out too. And then Sam shows up in his new 
Captain America gear that he got from Wakanda. That was what was in the case. <laughs> Those wings ain't coming off now. Nope. That was <laughs> so painful, though. <laughs> Dude, that is a hell of an entrance, by the way. Yeah, yeah can man. you imagine? Like, now Captain America gets to do Iron Man entrances, right? Because he can fly. Yep. He can come out of nowhere with the ACDC blur. so he shows up and they're you know gonna try to figure out okay you guys are on the ground i'm in the air and with that and then batrock shows up so they start fighting makes sense right just yep because he fought original captain america on that ship at the beginning of winter soldier And so he's fighting the new Captain America. The new Captain. Uh, meanwhile, Bucky gets distracted by talking to Carly on the phone. And a whole bunch of bad guys just escape because he's talking to Carly on the phone and Sharon gets pissed at him. <laughs> you had one job! I, I feel like we've all said that line at some point as well. Yeah, yeah. His job was to watch the exit and stop anyone from leaving it, and they all leave it. (laughs) So they have to take off. Bucky gets on a motorcycle because, of course, he does. This is a very action-packed episode, which yes, because this is this is this is the big the finale, the final fight, right? So Sharon's beating some up, beats him with some with some vipers. But they realize that oh, a whole bunch of the delegates left in the helicopter, and there's definitely bad guys on the helicopter. So Sam has to just stop fighting Batrock because he's the one that flies. And he has to go deal with the flying thing. So he's got to take care of a couple of helicopters. So we have, at the same time, Bucky's chasing down guys in a couple trucks. Uh, Sharon is dealing with people on the ground. He's doing, flying around, doing that stuff. He gets Red Wing to help him. He takes out one guy. It lands. uh, The one crashes into the lake, the river or whatever. And then the second one, he realizes that someone's going to have to land it, and he's like, somebody that knows how to do it, and one of the delegates knows how to do it, and he sends her like a text message, or whatever, like a quick message. Put it in your headphones. Uh, you're going to need to run and do the thing. And land this helicopter, and it's just like, count of three. You count it down. She counts it down, and it's fucking awesome. He uses this thing to shoot the guy. She leaps up over the seat, takes over the helicopter. Fucking fun shit. But then John shows up with but where Bucky is. He's on a fucking rampage for revenge. <clears throat> Man, he wants to kill everybody. He's going to kill a lot of motherfuckers. But here's the cool thing is that he has the change of heart during all of this. He has yeah. a great change. He has a chance to <coughs> save the people 
or go after revenge. Yes, because the one truck goes off a clip, goes off a ledge, and we think it's going to happen. And Bucky's getting ready to like Bucky and Sam are getting ready to catch it at the bottom or whatever. Sam's trying to get it with his boosters, but it's John that gets it from behind using his super strength. Pulls it up. Then there's only a couple of Flag Smashers left, and everyone goes after them into his construction building. All four good guys, quote-unquote good guys, going after the bad guys. They one by one take everyone out until there's just Carly and Sharon and Sam. And they have the fight. Sam's trying to talk at her. She wants to fight. He doesn't want to fight back. And then Sharon kills her because she's the power broker. But but it looked like he was saving or she was saving Sam's life. It's such a fucking perfect, beautiful play. You have to love the bad guy at this. Like it was it was so awesome. Yeah, because Sam doesn't even question it. Yeah. He has no reason to. He's like, it's not what I would have wanted, but it's you do what you have to do. Meanwhile, John and Bucky are working things out, getting John straight in his head, you know? So it's great. It ends. And then Sam goes down to the people and he gives them a lecture in shame. (laughs) I think you've got to do better. It's fucking the speech Dude, of a lifetime. Amazing. <clears throat> Don't call them amazing. terrorists or refugees or thugs because these are labels that dehumanizes. Without getting into it, that was such a relevant topic for today. Yep. And then he c- compares them to Thanos because he says, with the click of your fingers, you can too. Yeah. <laughs> like, Which was- holy shit. And he's right. That's the thing. He's right. Then we get to wrap up stuff. Uh, you know, everyone's proud of you. You really stepped up, Sam. You're really Captain America now. <clears throat> and there's a the part where like an agent's like, "Hey, Cap, he's talking to you." And Bucky's like, "He's talking to you." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so everyone sees Sam's speech. So we go through like Isaiah sees it and has a change of heart. Everyone else, you know, all the other characters are. Hell, even it. Zemo saw it. Zemo yeah. Oh, can we talk about the brilliant fucking scene that Zemo had when that like they sent like some sort of text message to tell all the other super soldiers <laughs> or whatever to get out, and then they put him into that fucking. Uh, yeah, they're getting moved to their. They're getting moved to the raft. Yeah, but then and the truck explodes. Yeah, and you go over, and it's Zemo's butler that blew it up. I'm just and like fuck. Zemo hearing the 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 news report on the radio in the raft about and he's like hells yeah when a plan comes together <laughs> <laughs> fucking beautiful smile and then just kind of lays back down and relax <laughs> yeah oh that's so great but he, yes he's locked back up but he's he's happy meanwhile John uh, is having his full US agent makeover so is U.S. Agent a bad guy or a good guy? <coughs> good, guy. A good guy. He's a good guy. He's just, yeah. 
Just think of him like a spy, a super spy, literally. But he's still aligned with the girl from Hydra. But that's the thing, though. We don't know her true intentions. That's true, too. Okay. And then Sam goes back and meets with Isaiah. That's my favorite part of the whole episode is when he said he gets the statue made and he <clears throat> no, no one will ever forget what you did. Yeah, and then he takes him to the Captain America exhibit at the Smithsonian and takes him to one of the side rooms and there's an entire Isaiah Bradley section with a statue of him. And now no one will ever forget you again. Oh, that's so great. And Bucky starts making peace and admits that he killed the guy's son and he has to come to oh, terms man. with it and then he sends the notebook to his psychiatrist his, yeah this, this yeah the ending okay. here had so many fucking feels oh. and then he's no longer the winter soldier he's james buchanan yep then the family cookout to celebrate yep and then sharon carter gets reinstated with the cia welcome back to america Yep. She leaves, gets on the phone, and he's like, Power Broker got real shit now, bitch. Bring on Loki. <laughs> oh. uh, so uh, we've got Bad Batch starts on the 4th. It is a special because it's May the 4th. Uh, it will then move to Fridays. It is like a 16-episode series, so it will still be going when Loki shows up June 11th. So I don't know if I really want to watch that. I do and I don't. I don't I don't have any interest in what happened during the Clone Wars at this point. I might not have a watch every week, but maybe like after five weeks, watch all of them and then do it again in five weeks. I'm definitely going to watch the first one because I did like the Bad Batch four episode arc that they did. But. Just not enthralled by it, but whatever. So a lot of cool stuff coming up, guys. I want to thank our special guest, Jeff, for joining us this week. My pleasure. Love being back here on the nerd table. Always welcome back. Uh, Entertainment challenge went well. We'll definitely do some more of those. A top 10 challenge for Eric next week. And uh, we don't know what the hell we're going to talk about next week. We'll figure it out. (laughs) Well, you guys hungry? Yes. Yeah, I haven't eaten and it's. It's like it's three o'clock. Out. Yeah, it's, it's late. <laughs> it's, it's late. Time. It's late. It's, it's late for eat. breakfast, but it's perfect for lunch. <laughs> thank you, guys. Uh, thank you again for your patience last week. Uh, a lot of cool stuff happening. A lot of changes coming, but hopefully everything will be for the better. And the nerd table will continue to entertain you each and every week. CKCCRadio.com. So you can just access each podcast individually, be taken to the individual episodes. And by the time you listen to this episode, all of the main shows should be completely updated. Actually, as we're recording this, I'm on the last one now. So. Uh So almost, almost there. Uh, Until that time, I'm Chris. That was Dan and Eric and our special guest, Jeff. And we'll see you next time on The Nerd Table. We're out of here. Have a good one, everybody. All right. See ya. For more great content like this, be sure to check out CKCC Radio and subscribe to never miss an episode.